0: Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the show. This is David Scales for the Surf Splendor Network. Today, I'm bringing you an episode of The Grit with Chaz Smith for September 11th, 2017. This episode is gargantuan. This is officially the longest episode of any Surf Splendor show that I've ever recorded, verging on three hours. We asked what length you guys wanted the episodes, and you said no limit, longer is better. So here you go. It was fueled by alcohol, we got out of hand, and uh, yeah, that's all That's all I've got to say. So the end of the episode is way better than the beginning, if you can persevere the first 90 minutes or so. All right, everything that we discuss is on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Um, the videos, the links to articles, imagery, and then of course, there's a comment section where you can engage, and then Chaz will post this episode on beachgrit.com as well as well as a lot of uh, of his other writings and articles. And and then, of course, on social media, I'm at Surf Splendor. And then Chaz is at Reports From Hell and engage in the ongoing conversations there as well. That's a great way to kind of continue what whatever we discuss in this show. Continue it there on social media. And, of course, we will then follow up again in the next episode with whatever you guys chime in on. Um I make notes throughout the course of the weeks, and then we just continue this ongoing conversation. You get it. You get the idea. I don't know why I'm over-explaining it. All right, without further ado, enjoy today's show. I'll be back in three hours to sign us off. Thanks. Yes, we can record you cracking the beer, but I also stocked up on coconut water and vodka. Oh, if you would
1: I'm totally going to do coconut coconut vodka. Okay, cool. Then. Then, yes. I'm going to keep your beer. Okay, perfect. <laughs> you can
0: totally keep it. <laughs> All right, we're cutting. You and me are people. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Are we cheersing
1: with beer or coconut water? We're cheersing coconut water first. Okay, cheers. Actually, we should probably... Yeah, we're cheersing with that. Mmm. It's nice, isn't it? Mmm. Mmm. Isn't it good? It's my first sip ever. Is it, did you? It's good, huh? So good. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Actually, it's better
0: than coconut water is by itself. It is
1: because sure. the the vodka cuts the uh, the greasiness yeah, of coconut water. It's good.
0: So we're back uh, from our quick little pause break, and we decided we're gonna do beer. Let's cheers with beer. We're time. gonna yeah, cheers. We're gonna do beer first and then vodka cocoa. Perfect. And it's uh, 1 o'clock. It's not even 1 o'clock. No,
1: no, we're On a early. Friday afternoon. Yep, so it's plenty. We're, we're past drinking hour.
0: All right, I was concerned that you had meetings that you would have to attend uh, after this and that you would not participate in drinking with me because I got nowhere to go.
1: Yeah, there's no such thing as not drinking. But do you have meetings after this? Uh, I did one, and I do have another one after this. Awesome. But showing up showing up a little loose is never a bad thing. Might be better sometimes. Yeah, it's always better. Um, <laughs> so
0: I spent the whole morning in the kitchen um, prepping food to host my parents for dinner. Perfect. So, and that's all I've got to do from this point on. It's just prep. So, what are, what are you cooking? Tonight? I was I was prepping and then I got to start cooking. Um I'm doing trying to really just relish these last few days of summer yeah. and so I'm going with a summer inspired menu out on the grill. Mediterranean? No, I'm going grilled scallops. Okay. But with like um like a corn elote. Which is like Mexican corn that you yeah. get on the stick with yeah, the yeah. mayo, but like the doing it a little bit, yeah, doing it a little bit different, not on the on the cob, obviously, um, and arugula, and then a salmon with cucumber, like smashed cucumber, dates, lemon, fennel.
1: How are you not scooped off the market yet? Being well, to cook like that, yeah ladies listen up
0: I'll post photos to Instagram I mean will you of the Elote no I won't actually maybe to the story I can't have that exist on the proper feed no but maybe to the story okay I mean I I feel
1: the people demand to to see the Elote
0: see because I asked you if it was okay in our barrel or nos segment at one point if it was okay to post Instagram photos of food and I said said, no
1: I said no right exactly and except for now that we've discussed it uh, I feel that this is part of the this is not just a photo of food this is part of a narrative right it is it is. so, uh, Yeah.
0: Okay. Done. It'll both. be posted. Good. Um, so, dude, we have so much to catch up on. So much has happened in the world of surf, and then so much has happened in the world of gossip. Yeah. Where do we begin?
1: Uh, let's start with surf. Okay. I'll tell
0: you what. I've got one that dances a fine line between the two. Okay. Listener so, uh,
1: email. Yeah.
0: Listener email from Bruce in Austin, Texas. He says, the entertaining sport of surfing needs more Outsider analysis. It's a crime that there mustn't, isn't more inside coverage of the WSL. Anytime there is something controversial or interesting, the WSL brushes it off and flat out or flat out doesn't speak of it. Don't you think the WSL should embrace sharks? Embrace the post-heat raging of, on the judges? Embrace contestants' potential disdain for one another. Don't you think somebody on the tour has to hate Gabriel Medina? We should know those stories. Beach Grit is the closest thing to surfing's TMZ, and it's done with integrity and wit. I would actually question well, uh, both yeah, those statements. I,
1: I would, too. Um,
0: but surfing is a pro- is a professional sport, and it should be filled with way more behind-the-scenes drama and controversy for the fans. We absolutely get bored to tears between contest windows. Uh, with that, I just want to say, keep up the great work on the show with Chaz. It's great. Get down and dirty, stir the pot, and keep us entertained. End quote.
1: Great. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, totally. I would love to see the WSL um, start mining those stories, you know, and not, and not just about, like, stoking rival- rivalries between the surfers, but just all of it. Like, why not, right? I yeah. and And I'm sure... Again, I think we talked about it, if not last show the show before. The number one watch sports video of the entire year was the McFanning uh, Shark Attack, right? Right. Um, so the fact that that's what's driving numbers, and I think the WSL did a pretty good job on that one of, of milking it. Yeah. But moving forward, I think they should have milked, and they should be milking it at Trestles also, right? Like, yeah, the breaching sharks and the and whatever is it? Has there been breaching sharks lately, or are they gone?
0: I don't know. Did you see Mark Healy's post this morning of a whale? hitting a dolphin, or not a dolphin, a uh, sea lion with its tail. Out of the water. So far out of the water. Literally like 50 feet up. Like insane. It was amazing. So no, I haven't seen the breaching sharks, but um, I think to his point, the sharks are one thing. I think it's more interesting to hear the rivalries, the rivalries, dude, like the Felipe Toledo quote, storming the judges tower and they avoid it. They don't say why. They suspend him from Fiji. The commentators say that he got suspended from Fiji, but they never again say why it was.
1: And he he even has to come out with an apology, right? Because he released an apology that's but what's it referencing. Nobody really knows. I mean, unless you know, uh, you don't know what he's apologizing for. And nobody even knows. And again, we've talked about it here on the show, but uh, I don't have any uh, idea how much worse or different his storming the judge's tower was than Zeke Lau's, Right. Remember right. When Zeke, Zeke yeah. Like, and from, from anecdotal evidence, I've heard Felipe went a lot bigger than Zeke did, but I don't know that. And the how great would it be if you had, uh, who's the Turley guy who does the follow cam? Uh, yeah. Peter King. Yeah. Peter King. If you had Peter King, like following Felipe up to the judge's tower and yeah. recording it. Why? Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, maybe the WSL is making a purposeful thing of, of not wanting to be uh, wrestling pro wrestling. Right. Um, but it seems like they do want to be part of MMA, especially, or like MMA. They just hired over somebody from the MMA, right? The yeah. Content director guy.
0: Yeah. Joseph Carr. Yeah, I think exactly. Is his
1: name? Exactly. Um, I so, only know that cause there's a
0: winery called Joseph, Joseph Carr, Carr winery.
1: There's a, there's a winery called Charles Smith winery too. I know he up was, in Washington. Yeah. They make good wines. I one time emailed him a long time ago and said, Hey, my name's Charles Smith. Your name's Charles Smith or somebody could could you send me some line and never heard back.
0: You would get along really well with him. He's kind of like this rock and roll personality. He, isn't
1: wasn't he a, in some band or something? He was somewhere? a roadie. Okay. See, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny.
0: So, um Yeah, you know, in the wine industry, everything is so austere. Yeah, you don't have to be that much of a rock and roller to be considered a rock rock and roller. roller, So you you can be you
1: can be a roadie and be a star of wine. That's amazing. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But Uh, but back to the MMA part about serving, I I still don't know what uh, the WSL wants. It's it's like consumer facing image to be right. Right. Is it a sport? Is it a lifestyle? I think when. Uh, Sophie Goldschmidt came on. She wrote something in her introductory newsletter. Sophie Goldschmidt is the new CEO of right. the WSL. Wrote something about uh, surfing being, you know, at the nexus between sport and lifestyle, and servicing them both is important. Um, I think that's a lot easier said than done because they could go way sporty, which is what it is now. Uh, and I wonder if you, if you really go after the athletes' blowups and stuff like that, if, if you know they feel that's too lifestyle. I I love that stuff, right? You do. It's what we talk about.
0: Well, yes, and I think it only enriches their brand whether they're the people that do it or not. It's yeah. important to be having the conversations around the brand. That's the question, though. Are they the ones who should be doing it?
1: No, I mean, I think I think what they should be doing. Here, my two cents on this is the WSL as the big tent should uh, be farming out shows to like say Beach Crit, right? where we have a show that's under the WSL tent uh, where they don't, like, have any say on what goes down. Um, But then we have access to their archives. You know, we can interview their surfers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you, You know, and to not going after anybody's wives or anything like that. But to reason or to a reasonable extent be able to discuss like you know fun little gossipy stuff about about the tour and about the personalities on tour
0: that was my thought as well when I read that email was like they should just be inviting you and I to trestles sure to the, to the lowers event and totally. just be like hey guys here's the media pass totally and if you do need access to the footage or anything like that let us know and we'll get it to yep. you and then not give us any direction but just allow us to be amongst it yeah you know pulling so.
1: people over asking questions I think there's a I think there's a big obviously trust issue with you know i think they feel they're protecting the brand yeah at some level but when you sit on the brand uh it's equally damaging i think yeah. like when you when you let nothing out but i feel that i hope that moving forward like beach Creek used to get busted all the time we got we've been kicked off facebook literally kicked off for a week at a time for reposting world surf league videos that they had already put out Like in no context, right? I mean, we would put it up. It would be like a great, excuse me, great Julian Wilson air or something. We would repost it. Uh, WSL would tattle to Facebook that we were uh, breaching their copyright. Facebook would kick us off Facebook. And it would kill me. And I'm like, we didn't, all we were doing is bringing you eyeballs, right? Like we were reposting a video. We weren't saying whoever it was doing the airs a coup, We weren't saying anything negative about it. It was, it was, let's celebrate this thing. Now that doesn't happen anymore, which uh, makes me feel like the WSL has – I think that was under the Paul Speaker regime. It was. That was really happening. Now I feel they move beyond that and realize that uh, any any publicity is good publicity. Like anybody talking about this is good is good talk. And so maybe uh, the bar or the, or the pendulum will continue to swing to the, okay, let's let non-WSL sanctioned, but mm-hmm. real surf personalities – Actually, into the tent or into the world of you know, and, and actually be able to do shows um, that we don't control, but we trust enough that these people are responsible, you know, and won't be like, you know, getting getting a lawsuit thrown at us by being totally ridiculous, right? Uh, but the but the, the content would be different from what we would produce, but also fun from a from a WSL perspective.
0: Well, I think what they're going to have to recognize is that. These conversations are happening anyways, and if they should actually, they'd be allowing, they'd actually be exercising a little bit more control by allowing us access into it, rather than just having pure speculation from the outside. Totally.
1: I mean, I I guess in in one way though, it's a bit of a hard nut because I don't think the NBA or the NFL or or uh, you know NHL—I don't watch hockey much—but I don't think they do any real gossipy stuff. That gossipy stuff or whatever behind-the-scenes stuff is reserved for ESPN and, you know, but they
0: give ESPN access. I mean, ESPN right? has
1: huge access. They have to. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I guess there's no, ESPN. there's no, Oh, I guess there is the ESPN of WSL is the various surf media that's out there sure. right now. And hopefully they will start. I think they will. I, I feel good about the WSL going to like start moving for, uh, toward, um, yeah, just allowing different, different perspectives.
0: Well, the WSL sent out an email today, and the title of it was The Job You've Always Wanted.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you see this? Oh, I posted that on, uh, that was Beach Creek yesterday. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, uh, no, I didn't check but it's, it. it's amazing. Did you read, Did yeah, you read the whole thing? Dude. The it's hilarious, dude. The Ambassador of Stoke and Leisure.
0: I don't even understand what the job is. Are they trying to get somebody into the into like the bleachers to cheer? Are you ready for this? Yeah.
1: Okay, you ready for this? So the as far as I can tell, I read it fairly confused, right? That the job title is the ambassador of stoke and leisure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I'm sure it'll be posted. I mean, there's a, it's on beach Crit, so it can be linked. I just, I just honestly reposted the whole thing. Got it. Uh, It seemed like a glorified kind of internship where you were going to get flown to Hawaii. Yep. Uh, You were going to, from all I can tell, it's you are going to be part of the WSL's um, Instagram feed. So you're going to be taking pictures of what you see as kind of this outside, outside perspective and then posting them to the WSL's Instagram feed during the six months of... Uh, you know, North Shore. Three months. Three, yeah, or I'm yeah. Sorry, three months of the of the North Shore time. Um, but it
0: doesn't say anything about Instagram, and it doesn't say anything about
1: photos. It does. It says in the when you get down, so you click through it. Oh, I did uh, It's, it's okay. like your responsibilities are gramming. They call it gramming, right? Oh, okay. Uh, so your responsibilities are doing are like being happy or something. Gramming what you see. Uh, and there was one other thing, but but gramming was the only thing you actually had to do. Got it. Um, and then you got. I think the the benefits or whatever were cash, being in Hawaii. So I'm assuming they're just they're giving an intern a room in the the WSL house to go. Yeah. Instagram, right? So I thought this thing was it was worded really goofily. Obviously, it was like really young, you know. And I thought, okay, this is silly and funny. It's so silly and funny that I don't even have to. It speaks for itself. So I just put it up on Beach Crit, except for I also threw it up on my gram. On Instagram, <laughs> and uh, got multiple, multiple young high schooly people saying, "This is awesome!" How to like? Who didn't read really? any sarcasm in what I had written or how it was posted? Only thought, "This is amazing!" Oh Please tell me how to sign up for this. Uh, and then that's when I realized WSL. T- like, I tip my cap. You understand your demo way better. Like, I was just thought, "Okay, this is silly," but. Clear, Very clearly, based, based on the sample of my Instagram followers, uh, young, young people were really, really excited about that opportunity. It is
0: hilarious. They were
1: honestly, to goodnessly, wanting to figure out how they could apply for the job. The that young is people. so funny. Yep. Because even as
0: I read it, I actually discredited the WSL because I was like, even if I wanted this job, I wouldn't apply for it because you guys didn't even explain what the job no, was no, of course, of course. and you made it sound so
1: silly. It's just silly and young, but by I mean, design by design yeah, it's silly and young and getting a young person who and again like i feel i felt after i got hit up enough times by young people who who really thought it was like yeah. i was somehow involved sure i thought well shame on me for just being an old crappy man Reading this, you know, young, fresh thing and just clowning on it. Yeah. uh, When, no, they're going to get the, they are going to get a free intern to Instagram for them. And that intern is going to be hyped.
0: You're right. Free intern. So that's the thing. Even though they, they're offering money, it's like anybody who would actually reply to that. Yeah. Is willing to do it for nothing. You know?
1: I mean, it's it's a bit weird too, because any, like, you know, it's six weeks during December more. I mean, it's, you know, December into uh, January. Right? I mean, I mean it's kind it? of like November it's
0: November into January yeah but yeah
1: in any case though it's not a kid it can't be a kid in school in high school so there it's got to be and it can't really be a kid in college so I don't know I don't know who could take off time so it's theoretically somebody it's like a young working professional who doesn't have a job is is what the Pl- target is plenty of those exactly and again to WSL's credit and to my discredit uh, those people I guess are a lot younger now than they were a few years ago. And I still think of people like, oh man, any like, you know, generation X person would read this and just scoff at it because it's so positive and so, right. you know, whatever. But I, I just, I had to, in that moment, recognize my own generational blinders as it were. And yeah, credit, credit the WSL for reaching beyond yeah, the, the shallow, shallow kind of pool that I reached to. It's a tough realization, man. <laughs> Derek, it's one that Derek Riley never, Derek Riley, my partner at Crit, will never, ever, uh, I have no idea how old he is. He will never acknowledge his age. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he just doesn't talk about it. Um, he believes that nostalgia uh, about anything is basically the death knell. And so you're only you. You never listen if you're Derek. You never listen to old music. You're never nostalgic about one thing that happened to you before. You're only ever forward looking. And I think there's a real point to living that way. Um, if you don't, it's if, fascinating. if you never want to age, if you want to be Michael Jackson.
0: Well, it's fascinating to me, and um, immediately it makes me judgmental of him. Like you know, like dude, just accept. But then also, I love somebody living with that much conviction. Sure. That's how you know wake the. David Koresh or whoever got people to drink Kool-Aid. It's just there's enough people who just want somebody to follow who has a passion about something. And so I always love people who have that amount of passion, even though I wouldn't follow the same principle. However, it's inevitable, Derek. Like, you you kind of... It's impossible to not age. It's true.
1: It's true. But to, to Derek's point, I will say that people who get over... Like, nostalgia is something that takes you over. The older you get... The more nostalgic you get, and then all of a sudden you're only talking about what was. Sure. Uh, at the same time, criticizing what is, which is you know more or less what I was doing with that WSL quote totally. or the uh, post. I was reading those words in that way and thinking this is this is straight up foolish. Um, where it would have behooved me at that moment to think, okay, this is. I mean, I had no idea that it would actually work, but again, from my from my very small pool of people who who responded to me about it, it, it worked with their demo. Like it really hyped people out. That's people funny, were, wanted to be the ambassador of Stoke and Leisure.
0: Really interesting. I'm gonna have to rethink, or, or at least ponder, um, Derek's philosophy on life. because he's a smart guy. So like I know there's more sure, packed into that sure. than what, what you, I'm giving it credit for. What right you now. really
1: have to, what you really, the, the part of it that I've taken on personally is that nostalgia, while great. Like, it's, it's great to think back on stuff that you enjoyed when you were a kid. The more that takes over, yeah. the less room you have to look at what's actually coming. Uh, and you just, you you basically, that's that's how age really takes over, I think. Sure. And by age, I don't mean in, like, getting, you know, physically less fit or whatever, like the, the natural things that happen. I think that to Derek's, I guess, in Derek's perspective, you can stop. Mentally aging in a sure. way, right? As long as you're, as long as you keep looking forward and not looking back, you're going to just keep moving forward. Mm. Which there's some, especially I think for our for our ages too. That you know, nostalgia is a real thing. Like, oh, it was better. I, I mean, I guess for every age, right? Yeah. You get to a point and it was, you start getting dreamy about. Oh man, you know, the surf industry back in the early two thousands was so much fun. I would, on. I mean, yeah, I'm working on the Lisa Anderson doc documentary right now, and so have been. You know, chewing through uh, surf footage of the '80s, um, and I said out, lo- out loud, accidentally, that man, surfing was so much funner in the '80s, and of course it wasn't, right? I mean, it's as fun now as it was ever. Uh, it's just a lot easier to see, you know, Dayglow from 1988 and think, oh man, those guys were living the dream, whereas we're living in the apocalypse. But
0: and you see chicks on the beach, and you're like, sure. chicks were so hot in the '80s, totally. And now... Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, just the
1: novelty. It, it, it completely yeah. and so again, yeah, the, the nostalgia. I will say is is a rotten a rotten fruit. I would love to have a discussion with
0: him about the music that he does listen to. Then,
1: oh, I, like I'll tell you. I mean, when Derek <laughs> Riley rents a car and comes down to Cardiff by the Sea, it is XM uh, radio is tuned to. Uh, what's the what's the their big hip hop one? I don't listen to XM. I oh yeah, it's, it. it's whatever that whatever like the super progressive hip hop modern yeah. modern hip hop is what Derek listens to. Man, yeah.
0: there's just so much richness in history and yeah. in older music Nope,
1: no, nope. crazy. Yeah, Derek Derek don't care. He is listening to Lil Yachty or and I'm sure Lil Yachty's not even cool right now. He's listening right. to the the like not the net, he's not on the cutting edge because it's XM radio. So like right. I listen to the music, my 15 year old stepdaughter listens to. Right. And then I feel like, okay, whether I like it or not is immaterial. At least I'm getting an accurate picture of what, of what 15 year olds are listening to Derek is not accurately listening to what 15 year olds are listening to. He's listening to the XM packaged version of that, but it's still, you know, that's what it is. Whatever's fascinating. On, yeah. Whatever's on XM's hip hop station right now, man. Yep.
0: Uh, so while I disagree with Derek's philosophy, I want to live my life with that much conviction. Yeah, it's know? true.
1: It's true. Conviction. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, did you ever ride? We need to have a conversation about asymmetrical surfboards again. do.
1: Did you ride that board? Okay. So here's the thing. I've been meaning to post uh, my post in my mind on Beach Crit is uh, asymmetry colon I'm in love with a monster. Um, and I haven't, I've been waiting to post it because I've been waiting for a halfway decent day. Uh, it's been so crap down North County. Uh, but I think I'm in love with that board. Really? I think that it might have changed my entire world.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: That's huge. It it's, it's, it's been huge to be okay. honest. Again, I've had, uh, three waves that were Like kind of surfable. I mean, I've you know, but even so I took it out the first day and it couldn't have been more than waist high and like really crappy. Uh, I had one little pump down the line that I thought, oh, like normally on waist high waves, you know, and it was I think it was just dumping. Uh, But I had a little runner and I thought this this feels good. And then I pulled into a backside uh, close out, you know, a little mini barrel. And the way it gripped the face backside, I, I don't think I've ever felt that on a surfboard hmm. before. And so, and I've had this same rough experience uh, on slightly better waves, but I'm waiting for one good wave to really give my full endorsement because I don't know if it's, if um, there's, yeah, I mean, it's a, have you ridden one yeah. like that? With yeah, that so, kind of setup?
0: well, so I've ridden three different asymmetrical surfboards two by Donald Brink, one by Matt Parker at Album that he actually loaned me as well when we were having a similar discussion a couple of years ago. and um, But I've never ridden them in good waves, yeah. and so I always have a question mark like you have yeah. where it's like, oh, this part felt good, but I really need a proper testing ground. Why did you Why did you give it back before you got a good wave? You know, I just didn't know what the appropriate amount of time to keep what, the board
1: was. What is an appropriate amount of time for a loaner? <laughs> I think... From a month,
0: out. a month would be the appropriate amount of time.
1: I think I feel like I've had that one now for what two weeks? Not quite two weeks. There's absolutely yeah. no way I'm giving it back until I ride a proper wave. Yeah, I feel I'm doing well, him a disservice if I that, give it back okay, before. Because and if I, you're writing
0: an article about it, yeah, then yeah, that's I'm, I'm totally actually weighing
1: in. Okay, I, I, and and all of asymmetry lies in the balance here, as far as I'm concerned. Like, Fair enough. This is not just, it's <laughs> you're not giving just, yourself a lot of credit. Uh, yeah, a lot of credit. So
0: I, I will say, though, what you said resonated... The few words that you said about those two waves resonated with me with the um, album surfboard that I did borrow. It was matte black uh, shortboard. It was like 5'10", front traction pad, mm. two traction pads. I mean, it's everything that we've talked about yep. not doing, yep. unless you're doing airs. But what it what resonated with me that you said is there was a sensitivity to it that felt remarkable where it's kind of like, I didn't get great waves on it, but the board did exactly what I wanted it to do when I wanted it to do it in a way that is not familiar to me. And so I'm like, well, is that just
1: this board's a magic board or is it the asymmetry that's applying that sensitivity? So yesterday, yesterday I surfed it and, and it was, it was like peaky D street, right? It wasn't great, but at least it was peaky. Uh, I caught a wave, I'm regular foot, uh, on go- going right. Uh, I turned like I've never turned before. It just turned so easy. Right. Like I did a little bottom turn and went up and like cranked it all the way around without barely even trying. Yeah. And that's, that was, I mean, I felt so maybe sensitivity is the right. Totally. But it, but it didn't feel squirrely at all. Right. No, like, exactly. Just, it turned when I wanted it to like. I threw a little bit of muscle into it and it gave me a lot more back than I put in. But then backside though, it feels like it's sticky, right? It feels like like usually backside I'll goof around and just cuz it's easier to crank turns backside yeah. than frontside. So I'll just do you know stupid cranked out turns and it wouldn't let me do that. Uh, but it did like grab the wave and allow me to like even in that dumb little closeout barrel that I pulled into. I was, I was drawing a proper backside barrel line in the Mm. closeout, which I rarely do in a closeout. I'm always, I'll always pull in and be like pulling out the back already, uh, just because I'm, you know, that board like locked me in and actually it was a proper, I mean, if it would have been a a proper barrel, I would have come out. So
0: I'm wondering if, remember one of the things that Matt said specifically was placing the cluster of fins under, is it? Is it the cluster that's under the heel and
1: the single that's under the toe or vice versa? It's the singles under the toe. And so you're so yeah. I'm, doing, I'm doing 20 turns, theoretically, on my toe and then really grabbing with the quad on the heel, which that's... Or drive off the toe, too. So if yeah. you're front side,
0: you're kind of getting that yeah. projection and drive. And then once you go to the turn, that's where the sensitivity...
1: Precisely. ...kicks in. Yep. Yeah. Which, again, shitty waves... You know, I've, I think I've written it. I think I've served it like five or six times now, though. Okay. But, but all shitty ways. But uh, my my big question marks coming out were why is everyone not doing this? That's I. But again,
0: that's not really questioning the value of the board. That's more. Um, the answer lies in just the surf industry is notoriously slow to change. We're still riding polyurethane with wood stringers that we started riding in the fifties. It's true. You know
1: what I mean? Except, except I've been through like the epoxies, and like nothing else has felt quite right. Like epoxy was too light, right? I always thought that epoxy wasn't was too a, light.
0: Oh no, that's not was, an epoxy. Yeah, you're right.
1: That one's poly. Um, I,
0: I always it has its application, but it's not better than poly. It's not better. No, uh, you know
1: I've had. But
0: carbon what? wraps, stuff like that. I've done, you know? I love,
1: Bi- I love Biolus's carbon wrap. I have a yeah. Biolus carbon wrap that I that I adore. Okay, like the flex. Have you ridden a carbon wrap?
0: I have ridden carbon patches, but not Biolus's carbon
1: wrap. His wrap, the flex on that thing is so dreamy, fun. Like it feels really, really good. Like you can actually feel. I mean, you don't feel the flex, but like it, it feels like it has spring to it.
0: Do you? What's your deal with Biolus? Do you get boards that? discounted rate or what i yeah. gotta get on that
1: program i get you one you want one yeah i, I get team cost okay yeah yeah a team hook board? it up dude yeah yeah easy
0: because i've i bought a few of them 10 years ago or maybe like late 90s or something but i haven't ridden one since
1: yeah his his new stuff i mean like you know my favorite that he has is, uh, the puddle jumper which is like you know not a performance surfboard at all but it's yeah it's i mean it's fun yeah it's fun as except Yeah, nothing, nothing. I have nothing bad to say, except the only thing I do have to say is the doors of perception are now open to me with this asymmetry, and I I feel like I need to wander down this path just for a bit to see, because I think Matt said when we talked about it, it shouldn't feel tons different. Uh, I can't remember what exactly. It was something about it shouldn't feel radically different, and it doesn't feel radically different, but it did change my surfing, and... I feel my surfing hasn't changed for a decade, right? Wow! Like I surf more or less, you know, the same way that yeah. I have for the last ten years. On this one, and again, that's why I'm waiting for a good wave because I felt I would do different things. I would draw different lines. I would do different turns. Um, and that was that was exciting. Yeah, and also fascinating the, the thrill the thrill you get out of people commenting on the fin setup on that board. It's so it's so different that. Every time I got out of the water, I would have at least three or four comments, you know, walking up the stairs of like, oh, so was that on purpose or sick? or they, so. Were they making fun, though? No, people loved, people were fascinated. I okay. think that, I mean, I don't know. It's maybe just a North County thing. I don't know if you took a board like that out at Trestles that people would just scoff at you. Uh, but in North County, I feel that there's an appetite for uh, progressive progressive design. Um, and so yeah, okay. people seemed like they were they were intrigued by what it did. Yeah, especially okay. in the fin. I don't I don't think people care as much about the asymmetry as they do about the fin placement. Well, one thing that I feel
0: like got completely overlooked was um, about a week ago, they obviously the video came out with Jerry Lopez surfing Kelly's Surf Ranch. Yep. Because they switched that wave
1: to a left, and Jerry was riding an asymmetrical board. Totally. How Wait, rad was that? It was totally. But again. Now, I don't know why you wouldn't, especially on a wave like Kelly's wave, where it seems like if you know what you're going to do, uh, and you really know how the wave is, why wouldn't you shape a board that would be for that wave, which would be an asymmetrical board, right? I mean, there'd be no reason not to ride an asymmetrical board there. Yeah. Like, or I I can't think of, no, I
0: can't think of one either.
1: Because you know what's going to happen every totally. single time. You can put the exact foam you want in the exact place you want. Yeah. Like that's what I wonder if if uh, wave pool boards are going to be drastically different. Did you look at uh, the clip of Bethany Hamilton just mm-hmm. came out of her writing it? Did you notice her board? No. Her board. Look at her board that she's writing. It's bizarre looking. It's super fat and flat. It looks, uh, which of course you know it's fresh water, so. You're gonna need more foam yeah. to float you and all that stuff. But I just I just wonder if eventually the boards that are used at wave pools are going not even gonna resemble surfboards. Yeah. You know, it will be somewhere between like wakeboards and and traditional surfboards. I mean I could
0: see honestly um, Kelly Slater's wave company. Partnering with obviously FireWire would be the fit for him because he's co-owner in the brand. Sure. And just having a stockpile of boards there that are designed for the wave pool that you just show up and take one off the rack. Totally. That, totally. That's what they will do. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, if you're and, and you could almost do it if you're you know six one one eight yeah, exactly. This is your board. Right? Go to yeah. the
0: rack and if you're that size, these are five options.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so with Jerry's board. Uh, first of all, how come nobody that I saw on the internet commented on the fact that he didn't even get barreled?
1: Yeah, because did I, you notice that? I did, but I think the way they the way they stuck the camera, they tried to make it look like he did. Yes, right? they, they had, did try. They, but he was no, he wasn't barreled, was he? No. Yeah. Nobody even
0: noticed it. I was like, this is Mr. Pipeline. Like, I'm not questioning Jerry's ability at sure. all. Obviously, the guy knows how to get shacked. But how did you not? Or why would you even post the footage without him getting barreled? Like if he didn't get barreled that day or maybe the wave wasn't doing it or what but the wave actually was. yeah. Um, don't even post it because I would expect the internet to go afire. I'm shocked that people haven't freaked out about it. but
1: that. I think I think it was the pure because I considered that as well and thought it was the angle. they tried to make it look like he got barreled. The wave was barreling. he was in the pocket. Uh, the angle they had. It was hard to tell where the lip was versus where Jerry was, right? That's even worse. If you're trying to make it look like he did, sure. that is actually worse to me. But I I have to think uh, that Kelly and Josh Kerr and whoever else has served excuse me, that pool makes it look easy. I bet it's really, 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 really hard to get barreled on that wave.
0: Bethany got barreled.
1: Bethany got barreled. But Bethany is... Uh, she has <laughs> one less arm to stick in there. Hey. <laughs> And B, uh, how did Bethany get barreled? Bethany got barreled she, on the right. No, she got she did, but she got barreled on the left too. I specifically watched it for that purpose. See, but maybe Jerry's just too old. And he's
0: not though. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe he's, he's not old.
1: getting barreled at this age anymore. I mean, and I'm sure he's getting barreled if he if he went out to pipeline, he'd get barreled, right? It's G, throwing
0: or like uh, G land. Sure, or something. it's throwing. You know, you and just, it's yeah, overhead.
1: Yeah, you position yourself, and it throws over you. Yeah, that wave. I'm sure you have to work to get in that barrel, right? Like this thing is is churning along, the the plow is pushing it out. And so you would have to have again such like I think not instinct, because Jerry would have instinct to get barreled. But I bet it's I bet it's counterintuitive. And it's something that Jerry I bet I'm taking the opposite stance. I think Jerry's a yogi.
0: He's the most flexible dude on the planet. You know or that's an overstatement, but he's super flexible despite his age. And he's Mr. Pipeline. Like, he should have just been sitting in the barrel the entire... So, it's so, gonna. Be, it's got to be the easiest wave to get barreled on in the world. You think so? I would think so.
1: I bet it's not. I bet it's, re- I bet it's really counterintuitive. Huh. I bet you have to do things to get barreled that you don't do on a wave. And Jerry's an old dog and not learning that new trick.
0: Okay. Here's my argument against that. Every single person who's ever surfed
1: that wave got barreled on it. There's been nobody over... 30, except for Kelly, nobody over 33 who surfed that wave. I'm calling him out. Jerry I'm Lopez. Calling Jerry out. Yeah. Jerry, go back and get barreled. Yeah. I bet I bet it's counterintuitive. I bet if you and I rode that wave... uh, Okay, how long did you think Jerry surfed it before they started turning the cameras on? I think they filmed all of it. Jer- uh, how many days do you think he surfed? One day. I think it was a one-day shoot. Exactly. So I bet it's, it's hard to figure out how to get barreled in that wave in one day. Okay. 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 Except uh, every other old.
0: person has so. because they're
1: all young. Jerry's old. Jerry's yeah, Jerry. That means he's got more experience than anybody. Sure, but Jerry has no experience of like surfing.
0: Nobody oh. has other. Uh, every person that surfed it has no experience. That's true. But except for the only argument you could make, I'm going to help you. Yeah, yeah. Is that it was the first time it's been a left.
1: But then I say, but absolutely then I, not. But there was those technicians, and the fact okay. that Jerry was the surf, first person to surf the left is is not true. Right. Like, I guarantee. Not only did I mean Kelly may not have surfed it because his foot was broken, but for sure they were dialing it in, and the technicians were surfing to make sure they didn't they didn't come out and turn it on and have Jerry the greatest surfer alive, etc., cetera, etc. Mister Pipeline, blah blah blah. They didn't throw him to the wolves like that.
0: I just, I my that was my thought was like, well, it's the first time it's been a left, so maybe it it's what you're saying and it's actually counterintuitive and it's harder to get barreled on the left yeah but then i'm but i'm also looking at the wave barreling right behind him going
1: "Mm, i'm pretty sure you could just stall
0: and then sure enough bethany got barreled but what if
1: he didn't want to get barreled oh (laughs) what if jerry lopez was having too much fun he's like yeah you and your barrels people i've i've seen more barrels i've been in more barrels than all of you combined uh, I don't have to go on the stinking barrel. It's I'm your gonna, best argument yeah. I'm going to sit here in the pocket where it's actually fun to surf. Like, in the barrel, those guys in the barrel, it seems like they're struggling to stay in the barrel, right? It's it's this balance. It's, you're dragging, you're wedging yourself. Every every wave I've seen from Kelly, the Kelly wave pool where people are getting barreled, it doesn't look like that's an enjoy. Like, Jerry surf looked the most enjoyable of them all and when it looked enjoyable was when he was going in kind of arcing swoops from bottom to top, right? Mm. That's when it looked fun, when you were like kind of pumping. But that's And I'm sure that's when it would feel fun. I'm sure if you're in the barrel, just like uh, like holding on, grinding, slowing down, slowing down, slowing down, slowing down. Okay, I'm getting barreled. plow's moving. I'm barreled. You would just feel like part of the machine. Uh, it or, took you a long time to get to this argument, but it's good. But it's <laughs> the best one you've had yet.
0: <laughs> and the, I can relate it to... <laughs> um, I love beer, but if yeah. I'm at a party and the only beer option is Bud Light, sure. I'm not going to drink the beer. Really? I'll just drink a water. That's true. So I think Jerry was like, dude, I've been barreled at G, I discovered G land yep. ostensibly.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm Mr. Pipeline. Mr.
0: Pipeline. I'd get barreled on overhead waves if it's like a proper, yeah, I don't, but I'm not going to like tuck into this. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to cruise and flow and trim and stuff like that. See, that's so what So that's,
1: that's the argument. That's what happened. Jerry Lopez was not about to bend himself, bend his yogi body. Into an it's inland too good barrel, for it. yeah.
0: So Not inland though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Kelly Slater wave pool. Oh, did you say no, inland? inland? In inland. Oh, that's oh. the thing about the inland. They really oh, no. got the name. They it's did. Good. Uh, so okay. So
0: title for this episode going up on Beach Grit.
1: Yeah. Um, Kelly
0: Slater's wave pool is akin to Bud Light. Yeah. There you go.
1: Kelly's, Kelly's pool is Bud Light. It's the, the Bud, Bud, Light Bud Light of, of wave beers. pools. Yeah. See. Okay. Is there uh, going to be an overhead barreling pool? Yes. Eventually. Webers? I have no idea, but eventually there has to be. The, I mean, is all they have to do is get more water and a bigger plow? Yes. Is that the only thing? I yes. mean, you just get an 8-foot or a 10-foot plow?
0: Yeah. I think this is obviously just proof of concept, and then monetize it, profit, make it profitable, and then you can dig in
1: deeper. Here's the thing, because riding an overhead barrel at that would be really fun, right? If you're a paying cus- customer and they had a 20-foot plow dragging down the line, creating a... I mean, I don't know how, what the plow-to-wave ratio is, but I'm sure it's a fixed thing. So say so you had this giant plow making a, say, 15-foot barrel, right? Cruising down the line, getting barreled would be super fun for the everyman. Uh, it would be horrible to watch pros do that. Because there would be no... I mean, unless they start doing flips in the barrel or something silly.
0: its it, I agree with you, and it's kind of a question mark I have about this upcoming event that they're going to do in the wave pool in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yep. Is next couple of weeks. I think it's theoretically the. It's like right around the corner, right? Yeah, I, I don't
0: know. Do they have a date on it? Yet I think or? they do. I think oh, they have. Okay. I think
1: they have an honest to goodness holding period. Okay. Waiting period. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. But that's my question mark too. Is just like, I don't think it's going to be that interesting.
1: If uh, did you watch the Red Bull one? The yeah. Uh, no, the, I the didn't. I didn't watch
0: it. I watched the highlights after the fact.
1: Did you enjoy the highlights?
0: Mm, not really. No. Yeah. I mean, um, I, again, for the novelty of it, I was kind of curious, but now that I know what it is, I wouldn't watch it again if they did another
1: one. I'll be, I'll be very curious at this first uh, event how you differentiate between the surfers. To be honest, like right. theoretically, they should all have the skill to get like ride the barrel the entire time, right? Like drop in. Pull in the pocket, ride the entire time. They should all have the ability to do a big turn. Yeah. I think it's really hard to do airs on them, those waves, right? Yeah. Like the way it goes. It's So uh, you're limited to a variety of turns, uh, mid-face, wraps, whatever, right. and getting barreled. Um, so at the end, if they all have the same ability on the right. same wave, uh, does it become about who drew a more beautiful line? And then that'll be, or who, like, who made some poetry? Who was just kind of herky-jerky going from one thing to the next versus who made a kind of comprehensive, coherent uh, dance on this wave?
0: I don't follow the Olympics or um, balance beam outside of the Olympics or anything like that, but I have a feeling there's a lot of parallels in gymnastics, maybe, you know? Except I feel that the
1: gymnasts have... uh, drastically different skill from each other. I think one gymnast is, is I think they're all good. I think though in the tiers of being good, like some are the 0.0001% better than the other, which that's all the difference in the world, right? Somebody sticks a landing. Somebody doesn't the wave pool versus good surfers to me doesn't offer enough fudge room for having degree of difficulty mean see, anything right i think
0: there's way more variation between idolo Ferrer and joel parkinson than there is between gymnasts so if those guys go in the wave pool there is actually degrees of separation
1: see i would i would disagree i huh. bet i bet idolo ferrero and joel or let's stick idolo's goofy isn't he yeah okay, exactly so let's, that's my point is joel or goofy
0: no, come yeah. on, dude.
1: <laughs> Too uh, let's much pick, to drink already. Let's pick two regular footers, though. Okay, let's say, let's say... Felipe and Joel. How's that? Oh, I think Felipe would kill Joel on the wave pool. Felipe is
0: unbeatable at the wave
1: pool. Yeah. He's the best. If, if you can actually do airs. I don't right. know that you can do I think airs. he
0: can do airs anywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he probably could. Joel
0: wouldn't do an air.
1: Yeah. Uh, but... Idolo. Let's go Idolo and Joel again. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's the question? the different the degree of separation yeah. is the degree of talent separation between Elo and Joel greater than the the degree of difference between gymnasts at the olympic level Whom's names we don't know cuz we've never watched it exactly uh but i'm going to say yeah i'll say the difference in skill between Joel and Elo is greater but i will say the playing field doesn't allow them to like doesn't allow them to figure out what those differences are they'll exactly. basically look the same
0: exactly so so that's why i'm questioning the validity of the wave sure, okay, pool for okay, competition great. you know uh, but i do think just for the record joel will smoke italo in the wave pool based on like his style
1: and what he's good at speed power and flow oh but just think i mean just think how mind-numbing it would be to watch joel go down the line and do wrapping carbs on a wave. It, yeah, it would
0: be. I don't want to necessarily see that. But here's what would be actually interesting is if they
1: put Joel on the right and Idolo on the left. See. And that's to me that's the fun of the wave pool. If they treat the wave pool like it's a wave and they treat the contest like it's a surf contest, then I think it'll be a failure of imagination. Right. What I, I would love if they had fun with it, right? Initially in, in Mark One, if you did that, if you made all the all the regular foots go left, you made all the Goofies go right. Yeah. Uh, or what if, what if you did this? What if you added an element of imperfection to the
0: wave without telling the surfer what it would be? So maybe like a rock on the bottom of the wave pool that creates something that they have to then respond to. Or even better, a man with a giant stick who jumps out
1: and tries to whack it. you off it. Yeah. You can whack him off. I mean, I mean, why not? If it was Joel Parkinson, he's a handsome man. <laughs> he is a handsome man, dude. Uh,
0: so. Um, What you were saying, though, about why people don't ride uh, asymmetric, your question is, if it really is this much better, why hasn't everybody gotten on board and all the pros and all that stuff? The reason why I question that being a valid even question is, look at everything that's ever come before us with technology, with sports, with um, the first example I can think of is the guy, again, Olympic example, The high jump, right? Sure. Everybody used to do the high jump. Jumping straight over. With their chest over the bar. And then one guy realized doing it with his back over the bar, right? Yeah, the Fosbury flop. Exactly. And then now everybody can jump three feet higher into the air, whatever the separation was. And it revolutionized the sport. But when he did it, people were like, why didn't everybody do that before? It just took one guy to do it. Sure. So
1: that hasn't happened yet. But there's been a lot of... Asymmetrical boards. Like, I've seen asymmetrical boards now in the marketplace for how long? So, Carl Ekstrom yeah. got a patent for it. I think it was the early 80s. Sure. Like, 82, 83. Patent. He got a patent what, for what, it. What specifically did he I patent? Don't even,
0: I don't know, but that is a fact.
1: Does, is a patent still... No, it expired. Okay. So now everybody can do asymmetrical boards. And they still I, were anyways. I guess... Okay, here's what... I guess... Pros, whatever. Pros, you go do your thing. I don't really care about what... I mean, I care about what you're doing, but... In terms of how it relates to my own surfing, I couldn't care less. But if I'm going into a shop and there's an asymmetrical board and a traditional short board and the uh, shopkeeper says, okay, hey, here we have this. This will do this. Is, is that what it is? People don't want to take chances because the, the expenditure. They're spending
0: 600 yeah, bucks, and that's know?
1: So it's, a, it's an expenditure. And there's like, too many variables there. And you and I are lucky that we get loaners.
0: We are for sure. And, but I also think that um, it's not, incumbent upon us having those loners to then kind of shine the light, you know, point the direction. Just be like, hey guys, this is
1: my experience. Let's yeah. talk about it. And here's the direction. Which is, I mean, again, that's what my beach crit story was going to be. It's just a real honest analysis of the way I felt on it, which I've, I haven't felt this way on a surfboard in quite some time. Right. And that in and of itself, uh is completely worth I think if you're gonna buy another surfboard, if you have a couple traditional shortboards right now in your quiver, you know, that are between whatever. Like sure. You don't need another one. Uh I have no idea why yeah, everybody should buy an asymmetrical board.
0: I agree. I think that it's also part of the conversation that people should be buying boards from shapers that they can have a conversation with yeah. rather than going off the rack, like you just talked about, but like, many,
1: I, th- I think there's still a degree of, and Matt at album at least. I mean that that seemed like a super, you know, friendly environment where you could rock in yeah. and not get vibed out. I think a lot of people still get vibed out because they don't know, you know, they don't they know do. what, they don't know what leaders what leaders are, and they don't know these things. They don't want to look like assholes in front of the cool guy, yeah. And so they just they'll just go buy one off the rack.
0: But I think you'll actually have more of that uh barrier of entry in the retail environment where you're not comfortable having the conversation with a sales clerk than you would if you just called up a shaper and been like hey i know nothing yeah here's what i here's where i surf and how i surf and my weight and my height can you talk me through it yeah i think shapers are more friendly in that you know conversation that's true um so, dude, we're 48 minutes into oops, this show, oops. and we need to move on in the yeah. notes. sorry, sorry. So you can make it to your next meeting. You yeah, yeah. don't need to apologize, yeah. but... No, uh,
1: I'm apologizing to the fans.
0: Oh, okay. I need to see your shoes. <laughs> Due oh. diligence. What's yeah. the shoe conversation it, today?
1: It's a, a St. Laurent. Uh, they, they stopped doing these, but when Hedy Slaman, the designer, got in, he basically ripped off a van. The brilliant part he about ripped these ripped off... Is, I mean, it's just a van Vans. classic, right? Vans, yeah. yeah. It, it looks like a van classic. Uh, Put it down
0: so I can get a photo.
1: The thing about it is, though, and here's, d- do you wear Vans Classics?
0: No.
1: Um, why not? It's just not your shoe. It's
0: just not my shoe, yeah. Okay. I so, look for comfort more than, comfort and function more than aesthetic. And I'm, those are like flat footed, and I'm not sure that they're necessarily comfortable. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah,
1: we should, we, I mean, that's a longer discussion right okay. there. But I, I read, have you, have you read the book, The World's Most Dangerous Places? No. It was a fantastic book. It was some—I don't even know what he was—some journalist or arms smuggler or something who uh, had been to a bunch of bad countries and then did a funny kind of Lonely Planet guide to the world's most dangerous places. So he, you know, would give them star. It was like you—they got skulls and then it moved up to something. So you know, whatever. It's an older book now. Uh, I did a couple iterations of it, but he and there at some point, and I read this. I was probably fresh into college. Said something that the, the Converse All-Star was the world's most perfect shoes. Like, you're going to go travel. Everybody will get expensive hiking boots, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, Converse All-Star, he says, you don't want too much cushion, which, you know, makes sense, I think. Like, cushion, your feet theoretically provide the cushion that your body needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they dry, they're canvas, so they dry easily. Uh, they're easy. You can wash them, whatever, right? Hmm. He, he made the argument for the canvas shoe being the world's most perfect shoe. Hmm. And then I thought, okay, he's, you know, for that kind of shoe, he's right. And so I just didn't do the Converse All Star. I went for the Vans Classic. But it's it is a comfortable shoe. Okay, it's a great shoe. The problem is, you wear it barefoot. Uh, you've got mm, maybe if you're lucky, ten days before it smells so bad right. that you know it's it's like unbearable even to you. Like you're sitting on the airplane and you can smell your shoe right. wafting up, and it's unfortunate. So. Uh Hedy at St. Laurent figured out what I'm going to do is make a van's classic but line the entire interior with leather. So the entire oh, thing, what? the entire thing is leather from the top to the bottom to every part of it. Uh and so I wear these shoes. I've had these shoes for a good 3 years now where I'm only barefoot. And I'm, I'm not sniffing it. You no, don't you don't have to, don't have to <laughs> sniff it, but you would know if I had been wearing a pair of Vans Classics for three years barefoot, it would be a it would be an abomination. Yeah. So, yeah, again, it is a fascinating. Yeah, it's a good shoe. Okay, but you, but and, you can't get them anymore.
0: Well, let's you talk gotta, also gotta about the pattern. Day. The pattern looks like a traditional it's bandana. A, yeah,
1: it's a. I think it's when Hedy Slamon, again, French designer for Saint Laurent. He lives in L.A. has lived here for a while, and I think he went. He's super fascinated by California culture, and I think this is a. A uh, nod to the Bloods. So it's like a Bloods, Crips Bloods, Bloods bandana.
0: So it's a bandana, and it's yep. red. Yep, red so. bandana. Hip, dude. Did you wear those for the show, or were they just like... No, that's, you know I, totally, I totally
1: forgot. Yeah, I was just... These are the... This is a common shoe. They're me. amazing. Yeah.
0: And, of course, they're not tied. Um, Never. Looking good, dude. Thanks. I did have people comment. Uh, somebody sent me a direct message saying they don't tie their shoes anymore.
1: Oh, yeah, good. So. Why? Why? Because you told them I know, to. exactly. But why? Nobody should tie their shoes. What are you going to do with your tied shoes? I
0: don't know. I'm not wearing tied shoes. I'm wearing sandals right now. That actually reminds me of
1: Bobby Martinez, which did you see? Stab? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't read it uh, yet. I saw it and I saw the poll quote. Yeah. uh, But I didn't read it. So basically,
0: Beach Grit reported this as well. Uh, Derek reported this on BeachGrid as well, like the WSL's potentially going to lay out a brand new format for
1: 2018. Yep. This is good to talk about. Yeah. yeah and this is what I was most excited to talk about, quite is frankly. Is it really? Today. I was yeah.
0: actually not going to talk about it.
1: Oh, what? I was, this, is, this is what I came here to talk about. Oh, today. okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Let's
0: do it then. Um, I need to give credit to my other co-host of Spit Podcast, Scott Bass, who has actually been championing these changes for years yeah, 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 and like literally for years and he does it all the time. And he's like shorter windows, like shorter waiting periods, fewer surfers so that we don't have to, it'll be less expense for the WSL. So they're not sending everybody across the world for two weeks at a time. And, uh, and by the way, I don't want to watch Kion surf or, I mean, Kyan's not on tour anymore. So I don't want to watch Adam Melling surf, Stu Kennedy surf, unless it's snapper. But like, I only want to watch the best guys surf. So how do we do that? Well, uh fewer guys on that run on one swell instead of multiple swells and you know better surf spots. We don't need to go to Brazil. We don't sure. need to go to where so um anyway, the WSL is instituting some of these changes. We could talk about those changes. I do want to talk about Bobby Martinez really quickly. Um Bobby doesn't provide anything of interest for me at this point at all in terms of what he says. I don't know why anybody's interested in interviewing him. Like, there's an element of sensationalism that appeals to me, and his surfing is still phenomenal. There's some recent footage of him, and he's in the new film, Snapped 3. Uh, But it's like, I read through everything he says and just go, uh, not only was that not insightful, it was actually pretty dumb.
1: Yeah. Okay. Here's <laughs> what I think about Bob Martinez is Bob, Bob, uh, Bob is the temperature of, of truly the lack of personality in, in professional surfing, right? The fact that he's the go-to when it's time, be, just because when 2011, right? So six years ago, it's 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six years ago, six fucking years ago, he said, in an interview, uh, fuck this tennis tour, etc., etc., etc. Six years ago, yeah, six years ago. That's six years ago. Yep, he said that. That was the most interesting thing that's happened on a surfing podium ever, uh, not ever, but at least in the last six years. Yeah, and so people keep going back to Bobby Martinez for uh, more, like when the WSL does something or changes something or anything, because it's the only fucking interesting interesting thing that ha- that's happened. Which is I hope the WSL again back to our point earlier. Uh, whoever wrote in about you know yeah. where where are the personalities? Bruce from Austin, Texas. Bruce from Austin, Texas. Bruce, you ha- you made a one hundred percent valuable point, and that's why Bobby Martinez, the only reason he matters, is because the WSL has done a very very poor job of pushing personalities, and by popping off on the mic, it looked for one minute like he had a person excuse me personality.
0: yeah and i think he does have a personality i just
1: doesn't have any insight so it's nothing against bobby it's just but that's the lie who else who do you want to hear from who else do you want to hear from that's the problem who's that that's the problem
0: is that there's a lot of people on the tour that i would love to hear from but they can't talk
1: about and yeah precisely who would who would feel open enough without getting fined or loser spot or whatever or whatever uh and and so that's so bobby is this real easy thing to go back to or, and, and it's going to get people are going to click. I sure. clicked. You click, even you, though I know I don't
0: care what he has to say. Sure. I click.
1: You click, and you get the you get to put the, you know uh, Todd Klein Todd Klein's face in that interview with Bobby is worth seeing about a thousand times, and so it always gives you a reason to put that video clip. You know what? Yeah, fuck exactly. this tennis tour, and you get to see Todd Klein there biting his bottom lip, yeah. smile with his goofy smile, and it's it's a brilliant moment. But the fact that that is the only brilliant moment in the last, the only brilliant. Uh, Post heat moment in the last six years is is just a real bummer.
0: It is so. Um, I'd be curious to know. Do you remember a follow up video that came out after that where Bobby was playing tennis?
1: Yes. Yeah. I shot that video really and edited it. Of course, I remember that video.
0: Awesome. That's totally great. So yeah. I Todd called me up. Todd Klein called me up like the the night before, and he's like, yeah. "Dude, I got this idea." Because Todd was with Quicksilver at the yeah. time. He's like, "I got this idea." let 's drive up tomorrow to santa barbara are you free it 's a sunday like let 's do this I got bobby he 's in we 're going to do it on a tennis court, and Todd had the whole concept and i 'm like all right i 'll clear my schedule let 's do it So we drove up there listen to speaking of XM radio, I remember specifically we listened it. To- his XM radio Pearl Jam station Amazing. the entire time. Yeah. It was Pearl Just Jam Pearl the whole the way entire- there and the whole way back. And I was like, you know what? I don't mind. Pearl, Pearl Jam has some deep cuts, yeah, dude. Pearl that Jam are pretty has
1: good. Deep cuts. That are better than. They get the, a whole they get a whole XM station that and you can on do. like yeah, I would make fun of it, and, except you can kind of enjoy the pro. Well, stations. it was way better than Jeremy and oh, yeah. Evenflo, yeah. and like I mean, have you heard Corduroy yeah, off Vitology? of Vitology? Corduroy is one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs.
0: The Jam, oh. dude, and I think their um, documentary had just come out. It was yeah. called Twenty. Anyway, so yeah, I shot that video and edited it, and then like he posted it on Quicksilver's thing. They got super upset with him and took it down for a day or two, and it went back up. But anyway, so I've spent that amount of time with Bobby. Super nice guy. Sure. Like, we had a blast together. I have no criticism about Bobby himself, but I read his stuff. What was embarrassing to me was Stab posted that article, and the very first question was, hey, Bobby, did you see these changes that are happening with the WSL? And Bobby's like, no. I saw a headline, but no, I didn't read it. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh. Then we paused the interview, sent him the article, he read through it, and then we continued the conversation. No. I'm like, Bobby doesn't even care. Bobby doesn't care. That's the thing, though. Bobby doesn't follow professional surfing. So then how much insight are you going to get out of him when he just skimmed your article real quickly so that you could continue the phone conversation?
1: Zero. I mean, Bobby's, Bobby's like, again, you get to replay that original video. That's what you get by going to Bobby. And, you know, I mean, frankly, you know who would be more interesting to talk to about this? And I'm going to do this when I get home, maybe. Mm. Uh, Is Noah Dean? Mm. Like it'd be fun to talk to Noah Dean, who the latest to say "fuck the WSL," uh, what he thinks about these changes, right? Because Mm. Noah Dean, I'm sure, not only is he more relevant than Bobby in you know today's game, um, he was the last one to pop off the WSL. So it'd be it'd be more fun, or more at least insightful. And if Noah Dean said, "I don't know what they're doing," uh, then then (laughs) the WSL. Yeah, kind well, of his I, problem.
0: So I thought at that point when I read that in Bobby's interview like well they should just scrap this interview. Like don't post it if Bobby doesn't have thoughts on it or if he doesn't actually if he didn't read it on his own, scrap it. I mean but, but it, they they made something out of nothing. And then I read all of Bobby's stuff and I was just like, well this actually just kind of makes Bobby look uninformed and yeah, not it, that smart. I mean it
1: just makes Bobby look a little sour grapesy when always, dude, yeah, which always. is that's part of Bobby's persona I think, totally. is to be sour grapes about that, which I don't know how much of that is uh, interviewers kind of pulling that out of him, the sour grape stuff. Because like, I would imagine Bobby, honestly, at this point, doesn't care. If he still cares... He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's getting paid whatever he's getting paid by Monster. It's probably <laughs> That's not That's all much. It is at this and, point. Yeah. And, I mean, Bobby, even if he had stayed uh, on tour and all that, would be in the total twilight of his career right now, no matter what, just yeah. age-wise. He's in the twilight of his career no matter what he did. So going to him as, like, the prophet for... Because what he was saying, his... What he was saying was wrong uh, with the WSL back then was not at all what was wrong with the WSL. Or back then it was the ASP. Like Bobby was angry about very specific, like union worker points. Right? Totally. It was about like they. This is not fair to the union workers, the union worker professional surfer, because people were going to get lopped off. That's what he was mad about. Which is exactly what's happening now. Is people are going to get lopped off. That lopping people off tour for the consumer is not the problem with the WSL right from Bobby's perspective as Mr. Union man, Mr. AFL, CIO, uh, it was to protect people's ca- career, surfers careers. Yeah. I do not care about Stuart Melling. Is that his name? Am I mixing both of them? Stuart are. Kennedy. They are the same or guy <laughs> Adam Melling. I don't care about either of their career or I don't care about their earning potential. I don't care about any of it. Uh, A, because I'm an asshole. B, because they just don't interest me, right? And I believe in Darwinism in
0: in the sense that, like, only the strong survive, buddy. Sure. Like, if you're not surfing as good... Adam Melling, who is a miniature Mick Fanning, he surfs exactly the same, but a lesser version of, we already have Mick Fanning.
1: Totally. So go away. Don't need Melling. See, and here's the thing, though, again, with Bobby, I think everybody confused Bobby's fuck the WSL, or, I'm sorry, fuck the ASP. Uh, rant on that it's not interesting. That was had nothing to do with this rant. It wasn't that it was too long. It wasn't that it was not interesting. It wasn't that they were surfing in bad waves. It wasn't any of that. It was that they were cutting. They weren't allowing the uh, QS guys to come in like they once had or whatever. Because they, they, they were doing the mid-season yeah, rotation. Yeah, they were sloughing, sloughing off right. CT guys. And Bobby, as Mr. Union president, didn't like to see that happen. Totally rightfully for his position and who you know, he was protecting both his his job for, for you know, uh and the jobs of his friends, yeah. right? But it has nothing to do with why what the problem, the fundamental problem with the ASP was, which again they're trying to uh fix again, except wanna know something? Yes. I disagree with many of the changes.
0: Okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. You said you wanted to talk about the changes, which, by <laughs> the way, are just speculative. Sure, sure. This was one article. I don't know where Derek got his information I think from. It's,
1: I think so because uh, Derek
0: seems like it came before Stabs came.
1: Derek's came before Stabs. Yeah. We had a bad, I think, a bad-ish headline where it kind of buried the lead on okay. the headline. But um, yeah, uh, what the? I think the WSL, from my understanding, had a meeting with the surfers, mm-hmm. uh, and they explained to the surfers possibilities of how the tour will look moving forward i don't think any of them are set in stone uh i'm sure a lot of them the wheels are moving to make this i think they know they need to not only shorten i think shortening the waiting shortening uh the amount of time you surf basically getting into one swell window
0: yeah exactly
1: is important for the wsl where they're but here's the thing i don't know uh I don't know that that's going to make surfing better. To be honest with you, I think that where does swell? How many? And I've been. I'm going to totally argue what I've well, the opposite side that I've been arguing for the last. Three we years are probably.
0: complex human beings, Chad. Like we're, we're
1: allowed to have changing. I've, I've and evolved. also, my opinion has opposing. Evolved. Sure, my, my opinion has evolved on this matter. Uh, how many places do the, do the swells actually like? Uh, where you honestly have one swell and that's
0: it. I mean, everywhere in the world gets one swell.
1: Sure, but they but, but oh, you
0: mean like where it's like a cross-up
1: swell of like no, I'm saying like a okay, like look two at, swells at once. Look or? at look at J Bay this year, yeah. right? Uh, it was how long do the events go now? Well, there's a two-week waiting
0: period. Sure, and they they often time well the the length. Required to run the event is like three and a half days for yeah. the men's side of the tour. So you need more than one swell to run the event. Totally.
1: Which, okay. So You're I,
0: hoping that the swells align so you can run it in
1: three or four days straight. And I guess my point on this is I oddly kind of want Adam Elling to be there to get chewed up and spat out. I don't want no losers rounds. I want every round amount. I want Adam Elling, quite frankly, to be able to beat McFanning. Uh because Mick Fanning was having a shocker, who cares, whatever, whatever the reason, uh, I want those loser guys to actually be able to beat the winners. And that's really hard when you have how many, no, they have two, no losers. rounds. Right. They have round two and round round three and round five.
0: five. No shoot. Round one
1: and round four, round one and four. Exactly. Two, no losers rounds. Are you kidding me? Where yeah. everybody surfs. uh, you can lose in the event twice. And you can still- lose twice and win, yeah. which is asinine. Take yeah. that away. Yeah. Keep it to be good. Okay. So the problem is, here's the problem. Ready for the problem? Yeah. I was thinking about this a lot today. Uh, the problem is, do you watch Street League Skateboarding?
0: Mm-mm.
1: What Street League Skateboarding did, street, street League Skateboarding is skateboarding's kind of you know de facto tour just because nobody else is doing anything. I don't think it's recognized. It's not like the WSL in that, that that's legitimately the world champion skateboarding i don't think cares as much about a tour and all that uh street league filled in this blank okay we will be the tour and champion themselves of the tour but i don't know that skateboarders necessarily feel that oh yeah this guy is the champion Mm -hmm. skateboarder. all to say they thought okay let's take the best skaters in the world and have them skate in a one-day event, right? Which is basically kind of what I think people think they want with WSL. Uh, not only one day, a three-hour event, like a, or a you know two and a half hour a, uh, cut for television event. So uh, in the final, they have an unkind of aired prelim thing. I don't, I think there's like 15 skaters or something that skate in that, but the final I think is eight skaters. So they take the best eight, theoretically, the the best eight skateboarders in the world. And it couldn't be more boring. Uh, and when you look at... And it's the best. It's the eight best. It's like if you took the eight... If you had John John, who would the eight best surfers in the world be right now? Let's say John, John Felipe. Felipe. Jordy.
0: Jordy. Jordan, Julian. Julian. Kelly. Kelly. Even though he's like 20-something. And hurt. Um, Gabriel Medina. Gabe. How many do we got? So we got six.
1: <laughs> Give me two more. Can we do the six best? Okay, let's do the six best surfers. Same to You would get, I think, so bored... Like you need the mellings, you need the Kennedys, even though I make fun of them, somehow you need these guys to make the other guys more interesting, right? You need a little bit of a longer surfing needs to breathe a little more if you compact it too much, I think you lose any kind of draw of like momentum forward. I think they need to keep the surfers. they need to make it a three day event yeah. like you can't you can't have it a three and a half day event. Lose the fucking waiting period or the uh, the fucking uh, no losers rounds, right. and keep it at around thirty surfers and just chew through them. Where and and, and then you have drama, right? The yeah. bottom guy could actually knock the top guy out. Rarely I know, though, rarely
0: though. But I ex- mean, Keanu was Singh won France last year, sure, but that's it. Like it doesn't
1: happen or. It doesn't happen that often, but if there's a. With and no, nobody
0: cares. Can you remember one wave that Keanu surfed in France last year? Not,
1: of course not. But, no. but when I'm watching The Heat, in the moment, I want Keanu, Keanu to beat Jordy, right? Yeah. Purely for drama. Purely yeah. for your. I think most, in Australia and America at least, I think most uh, sporting fans have the underdog you know, sure. thing. Sure. Always. Where, of course, you don't want to watch fucking Keanu sing win an event you don't want to watch them surf every time but oddly as the heats go heat by heat generally you cheer for the underdog or if you don't yeah. have a real rooting interest in the thing of course uh, which all of a sudden when you knock out the no lizards, and I know why they put them in there right you want to yeah. watch your best surf favorite surfer continue or also, to also there's
0: so many variables in surfing that you you might just not get a wave. You could be the best surfer in the world and you don't get the wave. Great. So they're making accommodation for that sure. with a no losers round.
1: Shouldn't be accommodation for that. I agree. It should be. It would totally be, agree. It would be way funner to watch John John get skunked than to watch John John lose twice and win. Well, I, I totally agree with that. By the way,
0: uh, surfer number seven and eight on your top eight list yeah. would be Matt Wilkinson and Owen
1: Wright. Matt, Matt Wilkinson right? doesn't count and Owen Wright doesn't count either. <laughs> okay. So, um...
0: I agree with everything you're saying. I think there's a middle ground. I don't think it needs to be six or eight surfers, and I don't think it needs to be 32. I think it needs to be 16. So you have the wild cards in that top 16 still, but it's not... It is boring right now. It is boring, and the waiting period is too long. And I think maybe this is all instituted by Sophie. Maybe this was in place before Sophie. But the reality is... Their
1: bottom line, their expenses are just too high. Except that the thing is, I think it costs. Here's the thing, right? It costs one to two million dollars to run one of those events. It doesn't cost less if you run it shorter. You're still it's (laughs) it's the setup. It's the it's the like it's all the costs associated. You're not paying x amount a day that you're going over. Like that's all totally negligible, right? These things are the cost of them is set. So all you're doing by if say you were going to do it into a one day, uh, all you do is lose your build up and your like your your pump up time, right? Yes and
0: you're no. Still, you're I, still think a ad- I think I think additionally you're losing audience by dragging out the two week waiting period because you and I are the only guys who are going to wake up every morning to see Dawn Patrol whether they ran or not. I mean you and I, meaning you and I and all the listeners okay. who are listening, sure, sure. but the vast majority. Of the public will not do that, but they would tune in for three days.
1: I don't think so. You don't I think, think so? I think that there's enough. Here's the thing: I think that uh, the surf industry has left the actual surf fan and left him a long time ago, in or left her a long time ago, in search of the mythical non endemic unicorn, the person who's going to buy the clothes, watch the stuff, consume the product, and not surf and they've been chasing that nut yeah. forever, I think they should peel it back and say, okay, stinking Surf Splendor listener, you are basically all we have in this entire thing. And there's, how many? 100,000? Not Surf Splendor listeners, but how many core, core surfers? 100,000? In the States? <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. Let's say it's Not a lot. Let's Not enough
0: it- to make it profitable. Mm-hmm.
1: Are you sure? What if it was enough to make it profitable? Like, it's not a... what If, it, what if they if,
0: charged us each 60 bucks a year to, like, view their events, maybe it would be. But not enough to make it profitable. If they're then earning their income off of advertisers, and those advertisers are surf brands, I'm not buying surf brand clothing. When was been, the last okay. time
1: you bought... So... I'm starting again. Uh, yeah, I think... I mean, I don't want to buy, you know... I don't know. Uh, there's something about... I th- I feel that i gonna really buy surf clothes do you though is the question to when was the last yeah i went i bought a pair of dahui trunks and at costco uh i saw no. them at costco yeah totally so here's the funny thing uh this was i think I was at surfing magazine and it was like oh whatever i thought i thought okay Fuck all you people! You know everybody in the surf industry loves how they don't wear surf clothes, right? I mean, nobody wears it, and people, in my experience, people love how to talk, love to talk about how they don't wear stuff. And I finally got to the point where I'm fed up and like, you know, I'm. I'm oh, I am! I'm wearing something kind of surfy, but uh, I don't even know what that is. It's kasubi, so it's not really. It's uh. like a strike.
0: free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
1: but uh with the Dehui thing so it was like a oh they were doing board short week or something silly at surfing right so i said i'm gonna go on and buy a pair of Dehui trunks full retail so i found some full retail somewhere i bought them uh, i emailed eddie rothman founder co-founder of Dehui and said hey eddie I bought a pair of your trunks. And he said, where would you fucking buy them? And I said, oh, I bought them whatever it was. I can't, it was some online surf shop oh, thing. Okay. And he said, how much you pay? And I said, oh. And I thought he was going to be proud of me. And I said, I paid full retail. It was like 52 bucks or something. And he said, you paid fucking what? Those fuckers. Dude, you should go to Costco and get them. They're 14 fucking bucks there. Eddie was pushing me to Costco to get the Huey board short because they were cheaper at Costco than they were at wherever. And he was he was going to hunt down the people selling them for fifty bucks and knock them on the head.
0: I thought he was a capitalist no. based
1: on what I know about him. Eddie is a a bleeding heart surf socialist. Wow. Yeah. Little did
0: I know. Uh, well, there's
1: breaking news here. But, but all to say, though, so the WSL profitability and I think that all I know is I don't I don't really know what the truth is. What I know is that the core surfer has not been serviced for Agreed. 15 years, 20 years. Agreed. And that's all I care about. That's all I care about at Beach Grit. Uh, that's all I care about here. That's all I care about as a surfer. I don't care to bring the non-endemic unicorn to Beach Grit. I don't care if our numbers are 18 million people coming to Beach Crit every day, if you know, 17 and a half million of those are not surfers because that's not I'd rather have a neat tidy if we can make it a business a neat tidy little business that actually matters right that actually whether there are 100,000 core surfers in the the United States or a million in the world or whatever that number is I feel there's enough to as long as you're not greedy to both make a good product for to inspire uh, to actually give them something they want um, and this is what I think the WSL needs to do. I think the WSL needs to worry about where they're going to make their money later. And first, just see if they can make something that the core surfer likes. Which, back to Austin from Austin. What's his name? Bob from Austin. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce from Austin. Uh, Bruce is getting so much love Bruce, this show. Bruce is getting love. Because Bruce had had a good point, right? If the WSL cared about Bruce then they would have shows that were more, you know, the, yeah, yeah. Were more edgy, were more gossipy and stuff like that, which would again, I don't know that mom from Chicago watches that show, but yeah. Bruce from Austin would.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying uh, about the ASP and now the WSL hasn't been servicing the core surf community and not even trying to. I agree. They've been trying to leap that chasm into like – and and that's Bobby Martinez's – by the way, that's his whole rant on Stabs article was like they keep trying to make it, again, quote, the tennis tour. um, And it's just not that. And he gives a story about surfing the U.S. Open and his homies, quote, from Santa Barbara came down. And watched him surf and goes, hey, man, all you guys do the exact same thing on every wave. Yeah. And Bobby said, you know what? Yeah. You're right. And Bobby, of course, knows that we're not doing the same thing on every wave. But he said, for everybody viewing this other than
1: us, that's how it looks.
0: It looks like we're all doing the same thing. And I will tell you for a fact, like my dad, whoever, can't tell the difference between Coco Ho doing a top turn at lowers and Kelly Slater doing a top turn at lowers. Looks exactly the same. So the WSL, if they want to really pander to that broad market, it needs to be the Big Wave World Tour, or something like that, where it's just guys riding mountains,
1: you know? Except, I don't know, I think there's a way, because everything started somewhere, right? Like, tennis is, I mean, mean, talk about tennis, like, tennis at least is objective, right? There's no judge, I mean, there's a line judge or whatever, but it's, you actually score points by making it in or out, um, etc. So it's a lot easier, but, like, you have a core tennis player who understands all the nuance, and then you have somebody who tunes in for Roger Federer, and then you can you can spread it out, and then you can get this bigger audience, right? I feel surfing theoretically could do that too. The only problem is they haven't, and again, and not only the ASP WSL, but I'm talking about Billabong and Quicksilver and all the brands too, they haven't been making stuff for surfers, for twenty years, nobody, everybody's take, taken the core surfer—the guy who actually wakes up in the morning, you know, drives down to the beach, looks at the waves, goes surfing—been taking that guy for granted for twenty years. That that guy is going to somehow consume what they produce. Uh, that guy has stopped consuming the surf brands, which is, I think, why they've all gone bankrupt. Right? You're
0: talking about me, by the way. I surfed this morning. I was done. I was at Costco or at the grocery store by eight. Yeah, Costco. After that, Trader Joe's. Like I was done by eight. Sure. And yeah, I don't buy their clothing. Totally.
1: I don't wear their wetsuits. Totally. I don't buy any of that. I stuff. mean, they're they're done. I think the surf the big surf industry. I think there's smaller brands that are going to come up and actually start yeah. to hit you again because you're going to be excited about a super warm wet, wetsuit that's you know you'd even be happy to pay I'm sure a lot of money for a wetsuit that is both warmer and more flexible. I right? would. By the way, for the record
0: need essentials yeah.
1: which you guys did an article yeah, about
0: yeah. i was going to chime in in the comment section and i just didn't but um that's what i wear they're yeah. amazing dude the fantastic wetsuits suit. are super cheap yep fantastic yep. as good quality as
1: patagonia suits i've owned that were four times as expensive sure. i mean and there's independent surf co which is another amazing wetsuit right i mean bu- I yeah yeah i mean there's a bunch of these kind of boutique wetsuit companies coming up now that actually make a product for the core surfer because that's exactly because no is. non-surfer is going to buy a wetsuit right right and you can make it neat tidy little business so i think when you're with, right so with, i agree with that point with the debt sure. with the death of the big brands and again did you read yesterday you didn't go to beachgree yesterday i threw a five banger up yesterday five stories tell me the article one of the stories was that rip curl yes. Quicksilver, and Billabong are going to become the same company yes uh, which is a rumor but i think it's i think there's truth to it in that Well because the Oak in, tree.
0: Yeah, the investment, yeah. the venture capital that's involved in Billabong and
1: Quicksilver is going to roll up potentially could. Yeah. Could and then all of a sudden, you know, from their perspective, you have the three remaining iconic surf brands and you have their forward-facing, consumer-facing side different, but you have, you know, one distribution model and I I'm I'm seeing how they think that makes sense. And again, if you can sell those brands, Quicksilver, Rip Curl, Rip Curl still makes fantastic wetsuits. But in terms of their clothing, if you could tell sell their software to you know um, Amazon or wherever that stuff is selling now, good on you, right? But no surfer is going and buying a Quicksilver T-shirt. God bless Quicksilver. No surfer is buying Billabong trunks. I don't think. I mean, maybe some are, but I I don't know any. Uh, Surfers are still buying stuff, though, and it's just it's small, uh, kind of nimble brands that I think are finally coming back to service the core of the market, and I think the WSL should take a hard look at, okay, let's make a product that the core, let's do a fucking panel of core surfers, of like surfer surfers, right, uh, who are not watching WSL. Let's ask why they're not watching. Let's put, you know, do, if you're going to focus group, don't focus group guy in minneapolis focus group a real surfer why aren't you watching what do you want to see is it too long because maybe it's not too long right to that guy maybe yeah. that guy like a podcast can never be how long are we at right now
0: <laughs> an hour and 20 minutes amazing
1: as a podcast can never be too long maybe professional surfing contests can't really be too long either it's just what we're seeing is not right and the interstitial stuff isn't entertaining enough right it isn't like yeah, the, that's true the between while the, we're waiting for them to catch precisely a wave. precisely while we're waiting for them to catch a wave, we're not being entertained, and maybe that's the problem. Well, so I think that Quicksilver. I mean,
0: maybe I don't need to even explain this, but like Quicksilver kind of outgrows; they grow to a point where the core community can't actually make them profitable if if they sold everything to the core community they're not going to make enough money so they start selling to everybody in the midwest and leveraging their core like we still have dane reynolds and he's core yeah so we will then use that and market it to the midwest to sell to them and then they create an offshoot brand summer teeth for dane reynolds and then that'll service the core community while we sell quicksilver at large to the middle america um So I think like Oak Tree and all that, they're not concerned about the core anymore. It makes room for new companies to pop in like Former to service the core community. Um, Where I'm spending my money, I look at Former and obviously I'm not the demographic that they're even trying to sell to. But like I bought something from Patagonia recently. You know, it's like Patagonia for me is they've done a phenomenal job of doing both things. Sure. They've grown to a point where they could service everybody, but they're still core. More importantly, I believe in the ethos of the company.
1: And, and Patagonia, I think, at this point, where did I read it? Well, it might have been Stab, too. Stabb's had some bangers lately. Ashton Goggins doing real good. They have a new editor-in-chief. Ashton,
0: but yeah. he's still... Writing for Surfer.
1: Too. No, no, he's done. He's the editor-in-chief of Stab. I
0: know, but there was an article on Surfer this last month. That oh, I mean, it would have
1: been, yeah, he, I think he just left. Okay. So, yeah, it's all very recent. But, yeah, Ashton has really Stab. I've got nothing but positive things to say about Stab magazine. Uh, but I think it was on Stab in any case uh, where – who was it? It was Bobby again? Somebody. Somebody was talking about the about – who fucking was it? Well, we'll find it later. But yeah. it was talking about the uh, core, or you know, the big five or big three or whatever surf brands left that none of them have any family involved, yeah. uh, and it and Patagonia does. It's you know Fletcher, whatever. I did read that. Yeah, who was that? It was somebody to, to, who mattered talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. I think it was that. But anyway, like you know, Patagonia. It the, was Maurice Cole. It was Mo chiming Cole. in. On yep. a Beach Grit article. Oh, was it Beach Grit? I thought so. It probably was. It's a better place to be. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> but yeah, whatever Whatever the case, Patagonia is a family company, right? And that's awesome. Like, when you're not trying to. It's great. If you can make your millions of dollars, if you're, you know, Wooly, uh, Woolcott from Volcom, and you can go out and sell, you know, make millions of dollars. For, what was it?
0: 40 mil something crazy it sold twice. twice yeah i
1: mean he did it twice yeah. right because they took it public and then they sold to caring group and so he doubled down to, brilliant awesome you know sell and get out and like my cap is tipped to you but it's the ones that kind of try to do stay in and be out it's just not going to work mm-hmm. which is yeah again and i think In the surf industry now, there's amazing brands coming up that are fun, that are making stuff. There's a bunch of surfboard shapers, right, who are coming from Matt from Album Surf, which, like, beautiful shop, beautiful boards. He's making a living, you know, maybe not just from that, but he's making a living partially from doing that. Mm -hmm. There's money to be made in this. It just maybe isn't millions of dollars anymore. Maybe. No,
0: but again, like we talked about on the previous episode, a thousand true fans.
1: You know what I That's mean? That's it. That's what mean.
0: You, you don't need... And it's the same thing goes on TV, by the way. Yeah. Whatever the girls or whatever the big popular show is on TV does not have the market share that Love Boat had. Yeah. But the fan base is rap- loves it totally. way more. And it's actually... It, so I, I completely agree that that is true. By the way on your watch are you do you have to rush out of here i got a lot more to talk about no yeah i'm good okay let me know when you gotta go yeah yeah. i've got a bunch of topics and we can continue on that same one i wanted to actually segue into um i don't know there's like this kind of ongoing theme just with social media warrior you talked about recently on beach grit and bobby kind of getting out there and saying what he wants and like everybody gets riled up and it's sensationalist journalism and let's talk about the word racist real quick yeah let's you are a linguist yep words matter words they don't matter
1: that's they don't or they do they don't that's what you learn as a linguist man
0: I, i interpreted that
1: conversation entirely incorrectly oh yeah everything everything is malleable everything's in english words matter in other languages in english everything is play
0: what's your um educational background just for the record
1: it's amazingly poor uh i got my undergraduate degree in intercultural studies and my graduate degree in applied linguistics
0: so is that a master's degree master's
1: degree in applied Applied linguistics linguistics. yeah
0: so a linguist i'm a linguist all right perfect yeah um applied
1: linguist okay it's cheap
0: so you publicly shamed surfer magazine for the caption they wrote um that
1: was good do you like that well, I'm going we to tell you three stories out of it.
0: I'm going to tell you what I thought. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you got criticized for making three stories. Uh, out I, of it. I, just, <laughs> I love that. Any story I can turn to three.
0: Yeah. It was an article, um, that they wrote about Nigeria, surfing in Nigeria. And they wrote their, um, Social media, you know, guy wrote a caption to advertise the article. He wrote the caption on Instagram and the offending line was, quote, the country of Nigeria has always been synonymous with the darker parts of humanity,
1: the darker parts of humanity, right? Nigeria and Africa.
0: So you wrote an article and said, quote, sometimes our words are just racist and wildly inappropriate all by themselves. You writing that article, Surfer Magazine actually deleted the original post and then reposted the image with a new caption that said, quote, On paper, Nigeria is synonymous with militant conflict, terrorism, and kidnappings. Which was even worse, I thought. <laughs> but a small coast village is trying to change these perceptions one wave at a time. And then they finished their caption with, quote, We apologize for the poor choice, poor choice of words used to describe this story in an earlier post, end quote. Yeah, So you're calling them racist for even writing that. For sure, sure.
1: You think the second one's worse than the first. The second one's worse than the first.
0: Defend yourself.
1: Uh, I mean, the first one... I'm, I won't call them racist. That was definitely you a... did, though. It was a racist post. I okay. don't think the person writing it was a racist, nor do I think anybody at Surfer Magazine, for sure. I mean, who knows? But I would, ima- I would imagine are not racists. But that was undeniably a racist thing to say. To call... Afri- to say... Nigeria or Africa or whatever they say in the first one is associated with the darker parts of humanity. Is like it's either racist again. What I said, racist or wildly insensitive. Like it's just silly. It's a silly, silly meaning,
0: thing to write. Meaning dark. The word darker parts of human. Darker is associated with their skin tone. Is that's, that
1: what? Because that's the only thing as far as. So they back it up, Nigeria, right? The, yeah. This place is Nigeria. Nigeria is the most robust economy in Africa. It's actually the African country, you know, it's really, of course, they have problems like any country has problems, uh, and, you know, arguably some would say, you know, oh, they have corruption or whatever, but, you know, who who doesn't, quite frankly? Um, Nigeria is not that bad a place, uh, and so to paint the whole country... First to say it's the darker parts of humanity, which again, Nigeria doesn't have specific things in its history like um, slavery or I don't I don't know what that was supposed to be referring to. And then when they uh, later surfer you know in the second post when they tried to uh, you know reword it with what yeah. with terrorism or what do they say
0: militant conflict terrorism and kidnappings
1: that's that's not what Nigeria is primarily known for. Yes. And so to paint the country with with that brush. Like, the, an entire country with a long history, right? Nigeria is... I mean, I think, if I'm correct, uh, I think it's been argued that civilization started in Nigeria, right? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it has ancient, ancient history, all the way up to, you know, some whatever, like like anything, problems with industrialization, industrialization blah, 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 blah. But to paint it so quickly with that brush yeah. is was, to me, like... Abs- an absolutely silly thing to do. Darker parts of humanity was bad. Militant conflict, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, was way worse.
0: Yeah. Uh, See, I'm taking umbrage. I feel like your article saying that it was racist was just as bad as the original post was. Where it's like, I didn't... The darker parts of humanity, I did not read at all in association to their skin tone. What did you and I don't think to? that the writer... Like, I think it was definitely a mischaracterization and a misunderstanding or a just ignorance about what nigeria is known sure. for so maybe they just thought like oh there is political corruption and militant sure, whatever but th- but th- in africa at large exactly so i'm going to apply that to nigeria and so i think that was a misstep and obviously mischaracterization i don't think it was racist
1: but that's to me sure to 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 think of w- when you think of Africa without any background knowledge right i'm sure exactly the writer had no previous experience in Africa had no understanding of Africa sure. has no has never looked at Africa other than from my you know perspective and again i'm not talking about like weird white privilege whatever but like it was just it was a very ignorant thing to say uh, about a place that he it was it was Yeah, by ignorant, I mean very thoughtless thing to say.
0: Of course. And maybe he heard something negative about the Congo at some point and then just applied that. So I agree with you. It was poorly worded and definitely a mischaracterization, but I didn't find it racist at all. And like applying the word darker parts of humanity to the skin tone, I was like... I don't definitely the writer didn't mean that. Sure. But that's the and only way I don't to think take a magazine meant that. No, it's not the only way to take, I didn't take it that way at all. I just thought the Congo thing, you know what I mean? Then you're more a racist. Mischaracter- then you're, no, more- you're more racist. <laughs> you're the racist one who applied skin tone to it. So no, but I'm bringing this up with an intention Yes. because I do think that it's time that we really need to, expand our vocabulary. And I don't think that it's fair to just lob out the word racist because I think that that actually dilutes the word. And for the people who actually hate other races, it now kind of diverts attention away from them and points it at this social media intern who doesn't actually have any racist bone in his body.
1: You know what I mean? But like- you're forgetting that we need clicks. And if I can put <laughs> if I can put the word racist... In a, I think the second post was uh, Surfer Falls on Racist Sword, which was, that was one of my favorite headlines. That aside from, uh, I think at one point I had a headline of The Inertia Caught in Racist Intrigue, which is another, another one about that. I'm sure slagging, I clicked. I'm slagging, sure. Slagging, <laughs> slagging Brazilians. But yeah.
0: But, uh, so, but I, I, let's actually dig in. Sure. I think we can all become. You Beach Grit can become a better beach grit if they actually if you guys embrace this new direction of like, hey, there are actual racists out there, and then there's this other thing that's just insensitivity. And I don't know what the right word actually is. There's a probably a better word for insensitivity. That is this thing where like, you know, this person wasn't there's definitely not a racist because they don't but maybe feel that any other race is inferior. Turns out I reached out to the writer of that article. I know.
1: Did he feel bad about he what feel I
0: feel terrible? He's like, I reached out to him. I actually talked to his brother because uh the writer just, himself. I was
1: surfing with the brother the other day and oh, the really? brother didn't look at me. So it's, they're hurt. Their yeah. feelings
0: got hurt about yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Should
1: have. So Hey, don't you <laughs>
0: But he wasn't racist. So that's the thing is he's like he's like, This is very low blow of Chaz and i don't i'm not protecting him at all but like i talked to his brother and his brother was like dude honestly my brother just wants to move past this whole thing you guys probably shouldn't even talk about it on the podcast yeah yeah we're talking about it yeah of course we are so but he definitely didn't mean it and i I asked him three questions i'll pull up the questions right now you did you did real like journalism here yeah dude how about that so i go here's the three questions i'm going to be meeting with chaz in a short while um Did he, first of all, write that caption as the social media guy for Surfer? Did he write that caption? The answer to that was yes. Question number two, are you racist? And the answer to that was no. Question number three was, do you feel that Nigerians are inferior to other people? Amazing. The the question was, the answer was absolutely not. Perfect. What he meant to convey was, um, he was trying to condense that there's been Kidnappings, some human trafficking, and other stuff that's sure. been reported, which of course has been reported in America as sure, well, sure. and everywhere else around the world, and I go, of course, when I read the caption, the original caption, I understood it to mean that. I also understood it was poorly worded, and I wouldn't word my captions that way, but I understood what he meant to say by the article, and painting him with the racist brush, again, lumps him in with guys who are actually lynching other people, and I don't think that's fair.
1: Okay, that's but, all. But didn't we learn anything from the victory of Donald J. Trump? Did have we not learned anything, David Lee Scales? I've
0: learned some things. I'm curious what you're. What have you learned? Alluring, alluding to.
1: What have you learned? I'm
0: learning not to apologize for anything. Exactly.
1: You double down. If Surfer would have said something even more racist after that, I would have stood up and applauded. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really. Kind of though, because like. Okay, what I'm doing to what's his name again? I forgot his name.
0: Let's just call him the Surfer Magazine uh, social media manager.
1: I love he he did some great pieces for Beach Grid, yeah. some cute pieces. He's a nice guy. He's yeah. like genuinely super nice guy.
0: A, He's a listener to this show, which is the only reason I know. Sure, him.
1: great kid, great kid. Yeah, uh, but um, I feel good about this education that he has received <laughs> received right here. In he the, did get reprimanded. Sure, of course he did because yeah. it was it was a stupid thing to put out. It was a It was a robustly stupid thing to put out on uh, a big platform. Uh, He should be really careful. He should know you either have a native sense about what's appropriate or not. And the fact that he didn't have a native sense that referring to Africa and the darker parts of humanity in the same sentence was not the right way to go about that. Whatever with calling Nigeria, you know, for this point, like a corrupt, you know, culture, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, saying that the again even though I think to be uned, to be uneducated about it not saying that he's uneducated but to be I'm sure he's uneducated about Nigeria sure and to paint Nigeria with a broad brush of corruption and blah 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 because it's Africa to me is really that's deeply problematic and that's something that we should actually be talking about more but I agree for for our for our purposes okay Learn a lesson and be careful with what you say. If you're going to be edgy, he wasn't trying to be edgy there, right? Yeah. He was trying to be sincere. Um, don't write that kind of stuff ever. Like, l- And if you don't learn that lesson now, then like, if you don't take your slap now from, from me, I'm doing you a favor, young man, uh, and move on, then it would have bitten you in the butt later. Down anyway. the road. Yeah. When it, when it mattered. Well, totally. If you were in another job. I but, agree with you. I'm not saying that, Um
0: like you definitely he didn't lose his job over it. There was nothing really bad that happened other than just like a little bit of public shaming. Sure. Which by the way, I'm all for public shaming and I think we need to bring it back. Yeah. Like we've gotten away from shaming and I think people have run rampant without it. So I'm totally okay with shaming. And you and I both get shamed because of this. We're sitting in a glass house by having this conversation. Obviously.
1: And but if the the day that I write something as inappropriate as the darker parts of humanity in Africa, if I'm not being purposeful about you know my irony in it, uh, then I hope that you and everyone else out there blows my house down. That's what I'm doing right now. Precisely. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying, though, is that so I know or assumed when I read it, there's, there's, there's two things happening here, right? It's a funny story because it happened like again, anything that happens and is live, like it's not like it was an internal memo that went out to the Surfer staff about the darker parts of humanity in Africa that I took from the internal memo and, and broadcasted. It was their Instagram post from the day. They have one point, whatever million Instagram followers that was out there to me. That's public fodder. Like it's, I can, I can comment now on this because this has been put out. If I shine a big spotlight on it, uh, It's already out. It's not out to a limited amount of people. It's out to everyone Mm -hmm. that, you know, theoretically, everyone that follows you. So, A, my most important, the most important part of this was me having fun. B, the second part is, hey, kid, like, learn your lesson and watch what you say. Be careful with what you say. Uh, Unless you're being purposefully, like, you know, unless you're purposefully poking the Mm -hmm. bear, And if you're purposefully poking the bear, C, double down like Donald J. Trump, like don't apologize. Don't do some mealy mouth backstep, which ends with a worse thing. Like just say, I didn't mean to come out. Say, I didn't mean anything bad by it. And you're racist for thinking it, or whatever. It was locker room talk, whatever. Right. Donald J. Trump. And again, so those three things to this, to the specific kid, uh, was either, either learn and adjust or if you can't take it, then you don't belong here anyway. Quite frankly, sure. Like, and it's like it's a cruel, it's a cruel world. You and I have both been in for quite some time now, but I don't think that words really matter. I think words. I mean, you know, sometimes they do, but more often than not, words are play. Yeah. For me, they're play almost always. Uh, that's why I'm happy to go you know, get vehemently adamant about backing some position only to double back and disavow it two days later, uh, 30
0: minutes later on the podcast.
1: Even (laughs) so. Yeah. I, so I'm going to
0: go ahead and double down. Like, I don't think your article was wrong. I don't think his caption was wrong. I think you calling it racist was the only wrong part because I think that racism requires, um, intent, Two elements. Number one, intent. And I definitely don't think he would. And then, secondly, action. You know what I mean? Like, you can think in your head, you can dream of setting fires all day long in your head and fantasize about where you will set those fires. But you're not a pyromaniac until you go set those fires. See, I guess,
1: I guess with racism, I disagree. I think passive racism is way more damaging but, than active racism. But
0: there was no passive racism in it. So sure. I think... I think there was, though. No. Well, okay. Now let me... You said the darker part of humanity associating that with skin tone. I feel that was applying a racism that was never there with passive or... Intentional or aggressive
1: But I still think though His his The the double down Of that Nigeria is corrupt Like basically All Africa is corrupt So that's the, a different
0: conversation That's now a mischaracterization Of the culture But, but
1: I don't think it's racist But it's race based I think I mean I think a lo- I think a lot of people Think Think that why Africa Is corrupt Is because it's run by black people because No Because it's black people Sure No sure. Dude So the
0: fact I think also When you start Applying like You can't refer to any country in Africa as being darker because of their race or because of their skin tone. I feel like that's now racist. I don't think you should ever amend your language oh, I agree. I mean, for things
1: like that. Yeah. I agree on that front entirely. And if you would have said the darker parts of Africa referring to their skin tone, that that actually wouldn't have been racist because then you're just making an, an objective of ob- okay, observation. sure, sure, sure. Their skin is darker than white people's skin. Right? Do you remember the Otis Carey debacle? Yeah, with uh, totally. With who was the oh my writer There was... um. Nathan Myers? It was Nathan Myers. When he wrote uh Crow Magnum
0: Sure, which Brow? Sure. I was like, I could not believe that Nathan Myers got vilified over that.
1: Completely. And again, though, it was it was like in con- in context and in retrospect, it was a wildly inappropriate thing to write about Otis Carey, who is one of the very few, if not only he's Aboriginal, right? Yeah
0: yeah percentage
1: yeah like a 50 percent sure, aboriginal, aboriginal yeah. but you know there's it's not like there's a bunch of aboriginal surfers no. out there right and so to to describe and again i know nathan myers love nathan myers uh don't like clearly nathan myers did not mean anything racist by that but it was horribly worded right and that should have been that wording should have been caught on down the line like where to me to me and on Beach Grit and this is maybe always playing with fire but I like to play with fire and so does Derek it's fun to play with race it's fun to play with sex it's fun to play with kicking dogs exactly <laughs> kicking dogs homosexuality it's fun to like to tug on the strings that actually you know get people to react to stuff but you got to be good at it and I don't think I'm good, good at much I think I'm good at Knowing when something is really inappropriate and when something is amusingly inappropriate, and dancing that dance, and again with the surfer thing, he wasn't doing any of those things, right? He was just making a pose that he thought was appropriate. But I hope, again, to his point and to your point about racism, like playing with racism, uh, to me, it's everything is so. There's so much hyperbole, especially now post Charlottesville, all this like racism and race is like the hottest fire that that there ever could possibly be in this moment, which is also the perfect place to go and play, uh, because that's how you can get people to actually engage in stuff. Yeah. And again, I'm not I'm not taking any high road here and like what I was just starting a conversation. No, I was going low hanging fruit. Clickbait fun at surface expense, but I do hope that the wonderful young man who wrote that caption took that and that it'll help craft he him as a writer moving forward. He
0: did, and he lost sleep over it from what my conversation was with his brother. And but I do think I think the value to Beach Crit and the reason why I even you know why we're doing this kind of co-hosted podcast together is there's always. Relevance to a larger conversation. It's not just a conversation about like, oh, we need clickbait and we need yeah. to sell ad space and so let's just write the word racist yeah, in the no. in the title. Like it, the bigger
1: conversation is the use of the word racist. Exactly, you know? which, which which I and I, and I think you accurately like totally appropriately put your finger on that, but. All I'm trying to do at Beach Grit, right, in saying that it's racist, is to play to the larger theme about how race is being, and racism is being talked about in this day and age, right? Yeah. Where I can go sound the alarm about a completely, more or less, innocuous post, uh, but that's what's happening across the board and culture, right? Like, yeah. so many things are getting called sexist, racist, uh, homophobic, da 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 some of them... Are exactly those things, right? Which is, I mean, I think what I wrote is some things, all this stuff is layered onto the new, you know, it's a nuanced thing that's being written and people are just layering, you know, identity politic kind of stuff onto it. Sometimes the words are just straight up inappropriate. And in this case, that's, that was one of these It was inappropriate, but it wasn't racist. It was was mis-
0: Misguided, poorly worded, and actually mischaracterization totally. of the Which, culture.
1: And if you, look, if you look back at the post, racist was always in quotes, just like Don Trump puts his was time. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. I always put racist mm. in quotes right, just, to, just to try to all right, quietly fine. emphasize. Fine, <laughs> fine, fine. We'll end that topic there. Um,
0: our drinks are empty. Do we dare have another? We go, we go one more beer. Oh, yeah. perfect. Okay, one more beer and pee break. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're back. Um, I'm going to close out the show with two segments. I actually am skipping over a bunch of notes that I had because I feel like two hours For is long. pushing the limits. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's really uh, if, if people are. I mean, what are the what are the two segments?
0: Well, I wanted to talk about. There's so much that's happened in web land in terms of premium violence formers. Oh yeah, yeah, Edit yeah. with Dane Reynolds. What do you think um, about that? It's phenomenal,
1: dude. How do you think of that as a business? I think it's. I was
0: so critical about former as a clothing brand sure. when they first launched
1: as, and an, I, as re- an as an insulate art installation it's gorgeous
0: yes agreed but i'm like if they're selling clothing i know that i'm not the demographic but i still think objectively like this is not going to make sense um and now i'm thinking twice about it i think i might have been wrong initially like i think actually the clothes are actually they're kind of cool sure sure i mean there's there's um details in the clothing the zipper pull internal printed collar tag like some of those details i'm like actually that's super cool yeah and it's subtle and like i'm not flashy i always wear just like one tone no graphics or whatever and actually some of the graphic stuff on their clothing i don't like but i'm like the color scheme is exactly what i wear the cut works oftentimes uh, the details are subtle,
1: but like super cool. I like it. Yeah, I'm starting to kind of like it. Former, try to buy something. Why? It's I,
0: sold out. No, time.
1: no. I mean, I just heard somebody tried to buy a T-shirt, like really wanted a T-shirt, and got looped around so much in like it's just not it's not an easy process. Maybe they fixed oh, okay. it. Uh, and I didn't like. I wasn't even talking about that. Uh, but uh, like, try to or buy something and wear it. Don't try yeah. buy something.
0: Yeah, the thing is, I don't really buy clothes. <laughs>
1: I mean, like, I mean, how much is a former shirt? Uh,
0: like a t-shirt was like 25 to 30 bucks. Yeah. All right. So okay. roll the dice on
1: yeah, that. Yeah. Buy buy a t-shirt okay. and, and put it on, walk around, and see if you feel like... It'd be like surfing an ASIM, right? Yeah.
0: All right. I'll do it. Uh, as due diligence for the listener. Yeah. I will do it. I also think they're doing a phenomenal job directing attention. Like th- That's where they've had more success, I think, than a lot of these other brands that we're talking about, where they... Um, We're going to do a release party for this new video premiere violence and for this new line of clothing in L.A. And I actually RSVP'd and I was going to go and I just decided not to go. But I RSVP'd. So, of course, I gave them my email address by RSVPing and now I'm on their mailing list. So they've sent me two or three emails this week trying to sell their clothing. But then when they dropped that edit, so the release party for that edit was that Friday night, and then I think three or four days later on Tuesday, they released the edit on their website. I stopped what I was doing, pulled out my iPad, and I watched it for the 17 minutes, and I think all of us did. And then all of us took to social media to discuss it. I I saw Dane Reynolds post advertising the video, and I see Jay Davies and all these pro surfers commenting like, hey, that last air was amazing. So I'm like, Whoa. They've shifted everybody's attention in a way that Quicksilver definitely doesn't do. Totally. Even the WSL doesn't do. And so I'm like, wow, they're actually doing a phenomenal job of, number one, capturing um, email addresses. Sure. And then, of course, attention.
1: I mean, and part of it, though, is I think Dane Reynolds is still the core surfer's core surfer. Exactly. Like, Dane Reynolds is your favorite surfer, favorite surfer, still. Uh and there's I some, wasn't
0: sure if he was until I re, until I watched this.
1: Sure. I mean, I do, you, oh, he still is. Totally. You're reminded that yeah. Dane Reynolds still matters in surfing. Totally. Um, and he may not be the most, you know, anymore the most prolific. Former as a business is probably not the neatest, cleanest, you know, money-making thing. But in terms of getting the core surf attention, like I'll tip my hat to those guys to, you know, Craig and Dane and Austin Gillette and whoever else is involved in that brand. All day long, yeah. Like good on them. they've
0: done a great job, yeah. and there's obviously a huge learning curve involved with, like you said, making it a neat business. Sure. And I was super critical at first, but
1: yeah, they're doing a lot of things right. It's fun to make fun of for a minute. <laughs> it was, so. yeah. Have you looked at the clothing? Do you have an opinion? I don't. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen the Premier Violence collection because that's what they're doing, right? They're releasing a video and a collection that's yeah. tied to that video. Also smart. Sure. So it's not like Rourke Revival, who would go on a trip. And then release clothing based on that trip. It's around a round of video, totally brilliant. The only thing I would think is a in the content game myself. It's really hard to keep that pace up of of content production, content production, content production. Where uh, Dane and Craig probably have you know a good five years in them surfing wise left. Maybe Dane less, but. Um, I think it'll behoove former to bring on kind of the next level and do next level edits starting, you know, tomorrow. Right.
0: Is Dane going to be able to do a bigger air in the next edit than he did in these edits? He might. I would have never... Probably not, though. I
1: mean, I would have never thought he was going to do a bigger air in this edit than he did, you know, in the last time. like Now that he has a kid and... Sure. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't know... Yeah, I don't. And maybe Dane will be like, hey, okay, fuck airs, turns. And yeah. do turns so big that we all stop True. and say, you know, whoa. Is he going to do a bigger turn than the one he did at Holly Eva in a contest three years ago? Again, I, I would have never thought <laughs> this last edit that he was going to be doing those airs. Yeah. Right? Did you? No, no, of course See? not. Uh, so. That was the topic
0: that I was not going to bring up. So let's
1: move on to, yeah.
0: I want to close out this, the show with Cougar Curran and then barrel or not. Nah.
1: Wait a second. Okay. Cougar Curran. I think we have to change. Okay. Because as a linguist. Yeah. Yeah. It's come to I mean notice that you've been, it's come to me. It it's come to mean something else. Okay. The population takes it. I feel as this is either this thing that both do I know. is either cool or not. Right? Yeah. So people are t- taking Curran as cool and kook as not cool. And so it's the same basic idea, but uh, you, being benevolent, were not attaching value to the thing. You were saying that bo- only kooks or currens do this. Exactly. People want it as a question. They want, is this kook or currants? It's what they both do, but they want value judgment on it. So what you and I need to do now, the people have spoken. What you and I need to do is take puka shell necklaces and say, that's what kooks or croons do. Is it cool or is it not? You and I have to add, that's what's missing is a layer of value judgment. That's okay. what people want. So Okay. that's what Because that's what the people are doing. The people are doing this. And making value judgments based on, based on it, yeah, right. Which I wear a rash guard. Am I a kook or a current? So they're right. Like even though that's not the question, the question is if you're wearing a rash guard, you are a kook slash current. Like that's, no,
0: in my mind, it's like they're a kook. Yeah, if yeah, totally. if you aren't doing the air reverse or without a full rotation air in this, then you're just a kook. Sure. So you can't wear a rash guard unless you're on the WSL winning heats sure. or.
1: Or a Kooking cook. It. Except I think there's a I think there's so the it's the middle guy who can actually surf who's wearing a rash guard is trying to say which one and am I? I'm going, you've already self identified as a kook. Sure, if you ask me, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to help I uh, agree. Uh, not help. But it, there's going we're gonna add value judgment now. Yeah. And everybody can disagree too with our, totally. with okay, our value do. judgment. Sure. So but that's <laughs> the thing. So it's gonna be kook or current. These are things that kooks and currents do. Now is this What's the value judgment on this?
0: And by the way, just to drive the point home for anybody who hasn't listened to a previous episode, meaning there's nobody in the middle tier of surfers. There's no intermediate surfers that do these things. There's a few things in surfing that only novices do and experts do and nobody in the middle ground. Chaz and I aren't doing these things. Only the beginners and only the best surfers in the world. So the archive of this category is a GoPro on the nose of your board pointing directly at you, rash guards, booties with trunks, puka shell necklaces, and now I have a couple of new ones for you, Chad. I'm excited. Now, here's what's weird about this. When I originally pitched this concept three or four episodes ago, I was like, I'm probably going to get one of these
1: every six months. Sure, because it seems seems like it's pretty rare it seems like it when you brought it up the first time i thought it was rare dude
0: now i've got three every episode that's that's it's pretty remarkable. amazing yeah okay so i'm gonna give you three and you can actually disagree that they aren't but i'm pretty convinced that these three things are playing a ukulele on a surf trip yeah this came from a listener
1: yeah that's total. that's brilliant because because <laughs> McCour Rothman does it, and McCour Rothman is definitely not a kook.
0: I think Jack Johnson does it. He's I not a kook. I think Tom Curran does it.
1: A lot of surfers. I think Kelly Slater
0: does it. Yep. I think Donovan Frankenreiter does it. Yep. And then,
1: absolute Barneys do All it. All the Barneys do it.
0: Every guy who shows up to Fiji, who wants to get laid, goes doesn't get any set waves that day, then goes ook. back to the bar at night, orders a pina colada, pulls
1: out the ook, play somewhere on the rainbow.
0: And the guys who got sh- barreled all day long yep. are looking at that guy going, wait a second. And the women are fawning.
1: Yep. Yep. Right? Yeah. What do you, okay. So do you like it? I now think let's, it's so accurate.
0: The listener sent it to me and I was like, oh my God, I don't know any like actual intermediate surfer that I would associate no, with who's ever who's done pulled that. pulled out of you. He would be embarrassed to even pack it. for the Okay.
1: Trip. So do you, now let's put a value judgment. Is that cool or not?
0: Definitely not cool.
1: Yeah, it's not cool. Definitely even, not even cool. Even for Makuakai. Like, there's no, you know, and maybe this is just my racism coming out. The only appropriate time for ukulele is in Hawaii. And the only place appropriate for ukulele is Duke's Barefoot Bar.
0: You have to be touching sand.
1: Yes. Okay. like, I like it. I don't like the uke exported ook ook, yeah exactly I don't like it exported I like it I I like it as a Hawaiian thing I don't like it as a surf thing I agree completely
0: Um, Adam Carolla has this solid joke where he's like there's a perfect size of a guitar for getting laid yeah and it is the electric guitar sure but you look at that and you go, Oh, well, if that guy's getting laid, bigger's gotta be better. So then you get the mariachi band with a yeah. guy with a giant guitar not getting laid nope. at all. And then you go the other way and you got the ukulele guy not, not getting, getting laid, laid at yeah. all. So you gotta be you gotta have a middle sized guitar to Which get is the laid. Guitar. Exactly. There you go. Acoustic is the same size. Sure. So there's some crossover sure, there sure. if you wanna
1: get laid. Totally. But I like it. Yeah. I'm like, man Adam Kroll is right on that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not
0: dumb. Yeah. So all right. Uh, Cougar current number one. Cougar current number two. The gath helmet. Brilliant. Have you ever seen an
1: intermediate surfer wearing a helmet? No. Never. I've only seen people getting barreled over shallow reef passes. Tom Carroll. Or little Liam kids. Liam McNamara. Little kids. Exactly. Like just learning. learning in the shore break. Yeah. Like I'll put I'll put my daughter in a gath. Uh, I, I surf with her right now. But when it's time to put her on her own board, I will... Guarantee her in a gas, and she will not be a current when she's first starting. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you get the, uh, let's say the brain surgeon from Hoke Hospital who yep. like deals with head trauma all day, but wants to learn how to surf. Yep. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to go, but this is dangerous, and these are projectiles, so I'm going to go ahead and get a helmet before I go learn how to surf." Smart guy. That's one guy True. on one end yep. of the spectrum. Nobody wears that helmet until you get to Tom Carroll, totally surfing Pipeline.
1: Would you wear what? What would be the situation where where you would wear a gas? If I
0: tomorrow morning endured a head trauma while surfing,
1: you would put. And you, then I
0: spent let's say three months out of the water. That's my um over under. Yep. If I spent two months out of the water, you the next session there. I wouldn't wear a helmet. Yeah. If I spent three months and one day out of the water, your helmet lamenting. Then I would show up the next session with a helmet and I would ar I would venture a guess that I would spend eight sessions with that helmet and on the ninth session I would forget the trauma and go helmetless.
1: Does a gath helmet feel nice? No. You've, Imagine you've duck one? diving. But maybe it's like aerodynamic. hydrodynamic. No, you no. sure? I think my hair my hair is not hydrodynamic. When it's wet it is. I feel that I need to buy a gas helmet and take it out for a spin and come back and report on not only how it feels to surf in, but also the looks you get in the lineup.
0: Yeah, you just self-identified as a
1: kook. I've never worn one. You, do you feel, though? Maybe they would think this guy's pulling in so deep at D Street. <laughs> that, exactly, at D Street. Uh, yeah, that he is, like, packing D Street barrels. Okay. He, he needs a gas. Yeah, go for it, dude. Okay. I encourage you. Gas? Do you have a Gath contact no i don't could Gath be a sponsor for <laughs> are the they show? still in business for sure okay there's a lot of kooks yeah there are uh
0: a lot more kooks than there are currents so this third one is uh relevant to a recent episode i did writing an egg
1: oh yeah surfboard i saw your uh instagram post who was writing that egg? devin howard and he was ripping Dude, the guy rips. He was, he was surfing very well on
0: an egg. He did a 30-minute soliloquy on the podcast advocating for the egg.
1: Like, I, I need to go back and I listen. Know, I know. But eggs are shitty. I was tripping, dude. Eggs are crap. Why do you surf an egg? What's the point? of sur- Like, egg is for when you can't surf anymore, That's right? what I thought. But so, no we, matter what Devin Howard said. You and I are conflating the word egg for fun board. Sure.
0: Isn't it the same thing? No. What's a fucking egg? A short longboard? <laughs> the egg? No, it, it is a kind of a short longboard, but it has high performance characteristics. The,
1: okay, then it's a fun board. That's what a fun no, board is. No,
0: no, 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 no. The fun board is a shortened longboard with hyper rocker to prevent you from purling when you're learning how to take off on whitewash. The egg has like bottom contour, two plus one setup in the fins. Like it actually, and it's designed for. Shoulder high to head high surf, like, and bigger.
1: Bullshit. Dude. Did you, did you, you gotta back listen? It? Did you, did you back Devin Howards? I, defense? I, I of the listened
0: egg? while I was sitting on the mic. I was like, this guy's such a kook. But, like, I know he shreds, and, like, I surfed with him that morning. Like, he surfs good, but, like, he doesn't shortboard, you know? So I'm, like, creating Running these off. value judgments. Sure, sure. And then I listened back to the episode, and I was like, shoot, actually, that fits a lot of my, um, holes in my quiver that I don't actually have. When are you going to fucking ride an egg? Head high days at point breaks.
1: No! I, I, w- I want to ride an asymmetrical I want to ride a, a puddle jumper. I want to ride anything but an egg.
0: Yeah. You gotta listen,
1: dude. He's so, wrong.
0: You gotta listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the day you paddled out on a head high point break day, you would have, lo- you would have said, why the hell? And this is Devin Howard's problem. Devin. <laughs> fucking Devin Howard. Uh... You would have said I would be having so much more fun on any one of my normal shortboards right now.
0: Here's my... I'm going to argue for Devin. When was the last time you paddled out on a shortboard and surfed to what you thought was your potential?
1: Uh, It was super depressing, but (laughs) I was was in Selena Cruz, point break, head high, uh, uh, start of June a couple months ago. I remember. Yeah, it was... Wasn't firing, but it was like, for me, it was like funnest size ever. And I surfed my potential, which is again, ain't great, but I was doing my best turns and everything on a shortboard. If I would have been on a fucking seven foot egg, I would have been stabbing myself in the neck with coral on the way back. out. If
0: it's hollow, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't the egg. Oh, I mean, it it was,
1: it was hollow on the takeoff, but the, but the, like it was steep as it ran along the inside section. It was steep, but it wasn't barreling. Yeah. Uh, but what are
0: the fuck I, am I going to do on an egg? You're going to catch waves deeper than you ever would have on your shortboard. So you're going to sit no. out back with the better guy, with the longboarders or whoever, catch waves like you never caught them before, and ev- everything is going to be drawn out more. So I feel like while I want to surf like Joel Parkinson on my shortboard, I never do. After I turn 22, I've not ever like surfed to the kind of um, sensitivity and... like. That's not true. Fine-tuned... No, dude, I haven't. I bogged 50% of my turns. You're surfing better now than you did at 22. No, I'm not. Were you good at 22? Way better than I am now. See, I wasn't good at 22. Maybe that's my... I've been on a... All I know is, dude, I'm bogging nowadays on my shortboard, and so that allows you're drawing out turns, like all the style implements you're able to kind of do with more foam.
1: you know where you're going. It's embarrassing. Yes, I know where I'm going. You're going to... Pearl Jam, XM, an egg, and the coffin.
0: I am accepting my fate, dude.
1: No, let's just stick. You want to go Derek Riley style? Let's all go Derek Riley style. XM Hip Hop, progressive shortboards, ripping. Fucking Devin Howard. I want to go to the, the, the guy surf. Are you going to criticize?
0: Like, look at him surfing. You can't criticize it.
1: He rips on his egg, <laughs> but I don't want to do that. I if I like so do, dude. on your Instagram the the. Uh, video you posted of Devin Howard yeah he looked like he was having so much fun right he was ripping his fucking egg right I thought the only thing I thought what if Devin Howard was on an actual surfboard how much more fun would Short he be having board. yeah that's what I mean by actual <laughs> surfboard he would have been having and I'm not talking about a JS you know thinly Potato glass chin. yeah no yeah. I'm talking about anything like under six I mean how tall is Devin is Devin a tall man yeah, six, six foot, six one. Okay, okay, sure. Okay, so I'm going to say if Devin was on a proper 5'10, a little bit wider in the nose, like a traditional kind of modern everyman shortboard, yeah. Devin would have been shredding that wave. Yeah. He was having fun on yeah. his fucking egg. I Good think job. the
0: problem is, okay, so to answer your question, I think that the egg allows for margin of error. Yeah. So after you turn a certain age, it's kind of like if you. Slightly let off the gas a little bit on a bottom turn, you either bog or don't get the projection into the lip that you're hoping to get. And so the egg allows you to let off the gas a little bit and still blast I'm, the I'm, lip. I'm holding you're here. You're not willing to I, do it.
1: I hate the egg. I loathe the egg. Yeah. Like when Who's I. Who's having more fun surfing, you or him? Me. Because in my mind, I'm still a surfer mm. and he's given up. Mm. He is. Yeah. He is. Stuck the fork in and it is done. Yeah. That bird is cooked, Devin Howard. I where does Howard live? Cardiff. You guys oh. are neighbors, dude. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go <laughs> knock on his door and just say fucking Devin Howard <laughs> and punch him in the face.
0: I need you guys. I think this warrants a podcast, Devin versus Chaz. Oh, for
1: sure. I'll, well let's do it
0: alphabetically. Chaz versus Devin. How's okay, that? yeah, perfect. Even better. <laughs> Alright, so Kooker Curran though, like you only see Kooks sure. riding eggs and Devin riding the jerk sure. You don't see anybody in the middle. I've not. I've literally never seen in my entire no. surfing life.
1: I've only an seen intermediate critics, surfer and, riding uh, an egg. Yeah, yeah, Devin and Devin. Devin's the only current. He rips. Devin rips. But why is Devin doing that to himself? I don't know. Do you think Devin would not rip as good on That's a, a great board? Great question. If I gave Devin, I have like a. Little Nuggy. What are the Mini Simmons, right? Yeah. Devin would rip a Mini Simmons. He rides Simmons. fish, yeah.
0: longboards, and mid-lengths. I've never seen him ride a pointy-nosed... Can
1: him. we get Devin Let's on a, a pointy-nosed shortboard and get a video and just see? I would see. love to. Yeah. would love to. On a good day. Okay. Like a All good right. day on a proper shortboard. And he, he can't kook it on purpose. Like of he's, course He's got to really excite. Yeah, of
0: course. Of course.
1: He has integrity. He would sure, sure. What if it just opened Devin's eyes? Like, what if Devin said, "I was blowing it. My whole life, I was on this shit." Dude, I would love to have that conversation (laughs) with him,
0: the eye-opening conversation. All right, so those are my cuckoo currents, barrel or nah. Yeah, this is this segment started as you giving me life advice, and now I've kind of broken it into. 50% 50% surf-related like surf related advice, 50% life advice, barrel or not.
1: Yes. Changing robes. Oh, okay. I wrote about this on Beach Crit. Did you really? Yeah.
0: Sorry, I missed that one.
1: Oh, yeah, no. I, I went down uh, to surf D Street again. D Street is the only place I surf these days. I'm sorry. Listeners who want to uh, yeah, if you want to if, Yeah, if you want to get into conversations, go, go on down to D Street. Uh, I forgot a towel, and I was sitting there thinking, hmm, what do I do? And so I thought, hmm, screw it, and got full nude and changed. Uh, It was into trunks because I loathe any wetsuit until it gets really genuinely cold. So it was naked from jean to trunk. Um, The first time I went to Australia ever, Derek and Sam from Stab Magazine, Derek, partner of Beach Grit, Sam, owner of Stab, picked me up at the airport. We went surfing. Derek, naked changed, and I thought, oh, that's how people change in Australia. You saw his wiener? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I thought, ooh. This is shocking, but this is just the way that they do things here. Uh, when I did it myself just days ago, I thought, I'm never bringing a towel again. I mean, unless I needed f- for some other reason. I'm not bringing a towel to change. So I naked change, feeling my manhood, just swinging it out there, right? Liberating. L- completely liberating. When I came back up the stairs to go home, there was a bunch of people in the changing ponchos and everything, and I thought, you fucking pussies. You are ashamed of your manhood. Just... Let it, like, we should all let it hang out. If you're not going to let it hang out, then just do the deck change with the towel. A man should not buy a changing poncho. No barrel at all. Okay. I like it.
0: I've been considering purchasing a changing poncho for some time.
1: See? All right. Don't buy it. Don't buy the egg. Like, stay young. Forever young.
0: Okay. I like it, Rod Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh... The problem in California with your nude policy sure, is you, you will get arrested. Of course. And, or have to register as a sex offender you for won't, the rest though, of your life.
1: Like, All You have to be is kind of careful. I mean, how hard is it to spot a fucking cop car down the street? Not like, that hard. Yeah, you just be semi, semi careful about doing it, and you don't really advertise it. Like, you know, you don't go running around and in front of the mom and the 15 kids. 15 seconds. Sure. Like, from my from jeans to trunks I even got caught at the heel of my jean like oh, I had yeah, a yeah. tug off um, don't don't do the tug off while you're changing I mean save that I do but no I'm, I was liberated I was a liberated man I could do whatever I want in uh, those streets yeah yes. take take the streets back Be, I mean, <laughs> like the people need to take light the streets light a candle back. put it through yes. a little
0: paper plate
1: and own, take back the street own your masculinity uh, so nudity
0: is liberating so I grew up you and I are similar age, but not exactly the same, which is why I lean on you for life advice. Um, I grew up in an era where there were no um, showers in the high school gym locker room.
1: You you didn't shower? No.
0: So the what? showers actually were in the gym, yeah. but in physical education, we didn't actually have to use really? them. So we would go to PE class, change into our PE clothing at our locker with a towel sure and never have to get in the shower oh, yeah so i feel like everybody who came before me has a comfort with nudity yeah. that my kind of generation didn't i'm yep. 35 for the record i was born in 1981 for listeners who are trying to put this into context um so i've had a few exam or instances with like you're talking about where i've had to come to terms sure. with i was at a a day spa burke williams yep and it's like I'm getting a massage at 2, but I showed up at noon to use the amenities. And, uh, man, I want to go into the sauna, and everybody is naked. Sure. What do I
1: do here? You get naked. You know what I mean? And, do yeah. I,
0: and if I go naked, you got to just fully embrace it and See, just own it and like, hey, guys,
1: it's I'm like, here. It's the, like the darker parts of Africa. If you double down, you're good to go. I feel you can make people n- like just not pay attention if you just own it, right? It's when you're... When you're hedging, when you're awkward about it, that's when trouble happens. Yeah, you just own it.
0: I subscribe to your belief, and yeah. I'm at a phase in my life now. Certainly around the house who in cares? the mornings. Oh, it's way better. Sure, dude. it's who, way, it's like surfing leashless. Who cares? You just feel liberated. Exactly. You're actually you're free. You relinquish all expectation. Yeah, yep. it's better. Okay, these cool. pipes are free. So changing ponchos slash robes. That's a nah.
1: It's a okay,
0: barrel or nah number two. Peeing in public pools?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Thank you. I'm really not on that one, hmm. but I don't know why. Fundamentally, it shouldn't matter, right? There's enough chlorine and stuff in there, and who cares? It's your pee, and who cares? You know, like I am. I am not a greater common good kind of guy. Uh, I don't care about the greater common good. So if it's my pee. I don't care about sitting in my pee, right? Why not do it? But I feel there's something really fundamentally. And I don't believe in karma either, so I don't know why I don't. Maybe I need to. Maybe I need to reevaluate and start peeing in public pools. If
0: we were having this question off air, no microphones, how would you answer it? Have you peed in public pools, dude?
1: I mean, when I was a little kid, yeah, but not. So I go to public pools all the time, right? I have a young daughter. Palm Springs. Yeah, I mean, and I'm. I have a young. So I'm honestly every other day at a public pool, uh, and I don't. Um. And, yeah, I don't know. I need to revisit because I don't believe in any of the things that would make me not and so I've got to figure out why I don't pee in a public pool. do you? Maybe
0: it's a maybe yes, I pee in public pools for the record and I'll get into that. Maybe it's an issue for you where you're not actually in there long enough to have to pee and so no, no, I'm, time I'm, that's
1: a good hour. I mean it's okay. a good – yeah Have um, you ever excused yourself? Yes, yeah, and
0: then got back
1: in sure sure I'll go See, I'll go I'll pee in the bushes or whatever even.
0: Yeah, right? see, I'm, I am I think there's a lot of things that we all do that none of us would admit to, like yeah. texting while driving or whatever, that it's like, no, 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 you would never ever do that, except we all do it. Sure. And peeing in public pools, I was with my dad this last weekend, and he excused himself from the pool to go pee, and I was looking at him going, huh, I just peed three minutes ago yeah. <laughs> without telling you about yeah. it. Like, uh, and I'm not proud of it, even though I'm talking about it publicly, I'm not proud of it. Like, I wouldn't... I didn't announce it to him in that moment, but I'm going, dude, I don't know why I can even justify this in my mind, except that I think it's diluted enough to, and it's also sterile, sure. medic, like scientifically, sure, like it's not going to hurt anybody. No, no. Uh, I'll take it a step further, actually, only because we've had multiple cocktails uh, or one cocktail and two beers. Public restrooms, I go into public restrooms and pee. I will not wash my hands in the public restroom because... You're only touching your own... My junk, which is the cleanest thing in In that public public restroom. If I touch the faucet of the public restroom, that's the filthiest thing possible. And if I touch the handle, so I'll pee, not wash, grab a towel, a paper towel, and use that on the handle sure, so as not to contaminate anybody else. But by the way, I'm the cleanest thing in this room. So I just feel like... I'm just, like, there's no morality. There's no, it's all science. It's like, this is, pee is sterile. It's so diluted. This is just practical. I'm such a pragmatist, a practical, that this makes sense to me.
1: Why don't I pee in a pool?
0: Pee in the next pool you go in.
1: Well, I feel as liberated as I did changing nude at D Street. You need to start pissing in
0: pools, dude.
1: Is pee really good?
0: It's not good, it's not bad though. It's
1: it's sterile. Neutral. Yeah. The pH, whatever. Nobody's getting sick from pee.
0: Nobody's. You could drink pee. You won't get sick. Okay. There you go.
1: I like it. You just saved you. Oh, but except for maybe that's it. Maybe it's when you go see your dang son or daughter, take mouthfuls of public pool water and spit it out like a fountain because that's what happens every time it I go does. swimming. It does. And that affects your I didn't do it before I had a kid either, but I, I don't really think I was in public pools. I mean, you know, hotel pools or whatever, but not like public, public pools. Yeah. But now seeing the way she swims, I'm not about to put, I'm not about to pee in her mouth. <laughs> right. Which is essentially what I'd be doing because she is, she You're is letting drink, strangers do it. She is drinking that entire She's pool. not drinking
0: it. She's putting it in her mouth and spitting it out.
1: Yeah. But she's like, her stomach is so full of water when she leaves. Yeah. So again,
0: it's sterile and it's not going to hurt her. It hasn't hurt her yet. Does she yeah, go yeah, yeah. home and
1: get sick? No, no. I mean, she has a stomach ache often, <laughs> but just from drinking too much pool water. Yeah, chlorine. that's chlorine. Sure. I think
0: that's the chlorine is the culprit there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't. I don't blame other people's pee. Yeah, on that. No. On her stomach ache.
0: Yeah. So I, I. And honestly, like I don't have a daughter, so can't really, can't really I mean, criticize you. But I'm just saying, like. It's okay for her to go out and get her knee skinned. It's okay for oh, yeah. her to get germs. Of course. I it don't mind the germs. This falls into that category.
1: For I you. guess it's just me peeing in her mouth. Don't think of it that way. You're
0: taking it to a different level, dude. I'm but- not taking it. To- <laughs> like, I'm just saying from a scientific standpoint.
1: <laughs> it's not bad. Zero
0: issue. Okay. I'm a pragmatist. I'm going to try zero it. Zero issue. I can't try it.
1: <laughs> I feel a real block here. All right. Well,
0: barrel barrel or not, peeing in pools. I need your. You need to slam the gavel. I'm going to say nah.
1: But I want to open it to Uh, the floor because if people uh, listening, yeah, pee pool, if people out there can convince me to. I want to pee in a pool, I have nothing against it. I don't know why I'm against it.
0: I'll Instagram it and we'll have everybody weigh in. Yeah. Thing is, dude, nobody's honest.
1: For this, point. Every, I'd
0: say 99% of the listeners right now have peed in pools. Sure, of course they. And then they have. all of them are going to chime in on Instagram, and be like, "You're disgusting." No, How let's see. Let's right, see. Okay, let's
1: be uh, listeners. Be honest. Totally. Be P- yeah. honest. Yeah. Be P- honest.
0: <laughs> People honest. Uh, all right, barrel or not, number three, self drawn artwork on a surfboard.
1: Uh, it w- it was barrel uh, the first time Dane Reynolds did it. For Dane Reynolds to do it. Ever since then, nah. I don't, totally I don't like it. I don't like it. Have you ever done it? No. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I never did it myself. Uh, I wrote a sponsor's logo. And by sponsor, I mean Yemeni Airlines, who paid for tickets in Yemen. Uh, I wrote Yemeni Airlines on one board. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, because they in were like, to be hyped on the... In permanent marker? Yeah, whatever yeah. we had at the room. Yeah. Uh, and a buddy wrote, like... Arabic script and Arabic poem on his surfboard to look good. Uh, but yeah, nah, nah. Yeah. it's a straight out. nah. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, by the way, I've had this in my notes for the last two shows and it's going to get bumped into the next show cause we don't have time. I need you to tell me about Yemen. Oh yeah. So uh, the question will be, tell me everything I need to know about Yemen. Yeah. Because you've been writing a bunch of articles about it. Yemen. Yeah, I know that you're, it's important to say, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, it is important, and I've intentionally not read the articles because I thought it would be better to have the conversation on air. Perfect. Save it for the
1: next show. Perfect. Okay, done.
0: Uh, barrel or not, number four. This is the closing segment of the show, saying "I love you" to a male friend.
1: Total barrel. I just signed off with Steve Sherman, famous surf photographer. Talk to him. Hey, Steve, love you. And then you get the pause, and love you too, man. It's beautiful.
0: Wait, did you do it vocally or through text? Vocally,
1: but either way, it's great. I'm a, on the phone or in person. On the phone, but I do them both. I love the "Love You" to male friends, in particular. Uh, to, not because only male friends, to male, male acquaintances,
0: or because you want to make them uncomfortable. To male
1: acquaintances, uh, no, it's just like why, like a lot like the darker parts of Africa. I feel love is a word that's not used enough, and mm. so like I love Steve Sherman. Right, I mean, love what he does. Love his personalities. Great guy. So why not sign off with "love you"? Right. Hmm. I yeah, like you're breaking uh, down barriers, dude. Yeah, well, and to me, also per you and your single status, I feel that men may or maybe not even men, maybe men and women make the word "love" to mean this thing. Love is great, right? Love is beautiful, but like, if you're not going to be free, like, how many girls? david lee scales have you told i love you too dude not only is that a great question
0: it is a super relevant question that i had with a girl recently perfect that i say i love you too yes i've i would say five or six so so
1: you're a lover dude i love them
0: intensely
1: of course yes see and to make i love love don't like I, i don't feel like i'm by telling Steve Sherman I love him and then my daughter that I love her yeah. and my wife that I love her, I don't feel like I'm diluting any of them. I feel love is just, it's great, right? Like, yes. And I clearly love my wife and daughter more than I love Steve Sherman. <laughs> but by telling Steve Sherman I love him doesn't dilute and it doesn't it doesn't dilute up the chain. Where I feel somehow people feel uh, the diluting principle that just doesn't exist. Yeah. That love is not a finite Thing and right. it's not a so true, and it's also not a singular thing, right? So I can love Steve at a super minor fun level. Yeah, uh, it does not take away from loving daughter or wife, right? I, I I'm all about and particularly right. male friends. Like yeah. I think you can confuse. Uh, I mean, if you're heterosexual or whatever, you can confuse your love partner that or the the person you're crushing on. By telling them you love them too early, I see that, you know, vaguely there should be maybe a little more care.
0: With, yes, with your intimate relationship. Precisely,
1: yes. But, but with man on man, I will tell, I will say I love you to almost anyone in the surf industry, including the poor young surfer boy that I, whose, needs whose career I destroyed.
0: At Surfer Magazine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he needs that, by the way. Yeah. You need to mend that fence. Yeah. Um do you know why I'm asking you this question? Hmm, no. Okay. Uh last time we recorded was at Album Surf in San Clemente. And as we were leaving, there was there was a stairwell and it was like we parted ways and we couldn't see one another. Yeah. And as you turned to the corner and I didn't have a visual contact on you, I was like, all right dude, see you later. And you shouted out. You're like, all right, love you. And I already had a thank you chambered. Yeah. So you said, love you. And I go, thank you. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shoot. That yeah. was already chambered. I didn't mean to say thank you to I love you. And then I was forced to assess the I love you where I was like, all right, 98% of your and my time together is has been on the air. On the so air. So I don't really know each other no. enough to like really feel
1: a proper love, the way that I might define it. Some sometimes S- I think about calling you, and then I, I stop because I want to keep it at the ninety eight percent. I agree. Yeah, I I, agree. I, I, There's I only a magic want to talk to, to you on the air. Totally, yeah.
0: I I actually agree with that. So then I was like, all right. So that I love you came from one of two categories. It either came accidental. Like no. like I had my thank you chambered. He had the I love you chambered, as if he was talking to his wife, and so that came out accidentally. No. Or option number two is he uses it, you know, just like all the time for for uh, acquaintance relationships, in which case I'm, I'm cool with either scenario. My thank you actually was so silly. And now I was actually rushing to the bathroom. So I was peeing, analyzing the whole thing, going, God damn it. That was so silly. Like, thank you. That is not the right thing to say. Like, And but. Again, reconsidering all of my male relationships in my life and then going, dude, I do love Grant. Sure. Why don't I tell Grant that I love him? Well, because he might not be comfortable with that. Well, maybe I should address that. Maybe I should have that conversation with Grant. So,
1: I mean, I use it for – I don't use it all the time. I, I use the I love you to male acquaintances or people, males that I know who I genuinely, like at a deep, genuine level, enjoy and i genuinely deeply enjoy these conversations right like whether whether or not jp uh, curry likes them or other people like them right like is vaguely immaterial to me i genuinely enjoy these conversations
0: jp curry hates them he
1: doesn't like them he gets mad have he, you
0: have you ever had a personal conversation no, no. with no
1: but i love jp curry too
0: yeah i so jp curry for the listeners is a troll who gives us a hard time i've had quite a few one on one interactions with him through email. Yeah. And
1: uh, I value his insights. Sure, me too. Yeah. I wanted to hire JP to come over to Beach Crit, no if way. we could have. Yeah, I did. Did you offer him? Uh, yeah, I did. And declined? Uh, it was when, right when Rory Parker left, and JP on the uh, message boards was really defending uh, Rory and then emailing me, asking me, hey, like, is there an opportunity here, an opening? Which made me love, like, maybe not love, but genuinely appreciate JP's, like, the cutthroat, like, like totally propping a guy up here and trying to steal, you know, at that point. Well, I mean, it would have been stealing his job, but, like, really, you know, doing something underhanded here. And I really appreciated that in JP. And so, yes, told him, man, there would be almost no one, no writer out there. We're not no rider, but I would I would gladly have you here. And his price tag was too high. But no would, way. Yeah, but I would still amazing. Yeah, yeah. but I would still <laughs> he priced himself out he, of the he market. Priced, he priced himself out. Yeah, of, of beach grits market. But uh, <laughs> he overvalued himself. He did. But JP though, the things I read from him, and it's not a lot. It doesn't seem like his production is. His output is that great anymore, yeah. or at least in surf it isn't? But I, I genuinely enjoy him, and I genuinely enjoy when he when he comes on and trolls. Uh, I always think there's value to what he says, right? Like he's yeah. right. I think I think a lot of his criticism of this show for what he's saying, like I don't know, right? Because it's a this is a completely subjective value judgment. JP's opinion is totally valuable for JP. And maybe it's valuable for a ton of people. The proof is in the pudding. So if people are not really listening or downloading or whatever, then JP's right. If they're if they are and enjoy the what time are we at right now?
0: Two hours and forty minutes. Let's keep it going.
1: Okay, set a record. If they, if they are enjoying the two hours and forty minutes of you and I blathering back and forth, uh, then right, that's what it is. So yeah. it's too early for me to know if jp is right but jp may be right this may be dog shit
0: so jp um has been a listener of surf splendor since the very beginning do you have to get out of here do you want to take that i can pause it all right he's been a listener to surf splendor since the very beginning and has actually provided me some pretty interesting insights over the years that have helped craft the direction of the show and so i um some listener commented on Instagram after our last show and they're like, oh, looks like you found you got your first troll. That's like a sign that you've actually arrived. And I, and I mess or I replied to that Instagram comment publicly and I was like, it's actually unfortunate like I actually value JP's insight over the years and him saying that he's not gonna listen anymore. I'm bummed about that, and I would love to keep him as a listener, but I'm not going to amend what I think has value to the greater public. And by the way, the greater public signs off on what you and I have been doing in terms of what I do with Scott on Spit is surf news, and it's like who won what contest. And then what I do with Shapers is about board design and then what i do on this show wax on is just like long form interviews with luminaries and what you and i are doing is a commentary about surf culture at large regardless of who won what contest so if jp doesn't see the value in it then that's on jp i don't care i'm not pandering to that pandering to the people who actually get it but i would still be sad to lose him anyways jp sent me an email really really long email that turned into a rant and um I had a back and forth with him that I thought had value. But one, a number of other people actually chimed in and they go, hey, I've been reading his commentary. When did he become angry? Oh, yeah. And I thought that actually was kind of the most interesting detail in the whole exchange, which is I remember JP being like insightful and everything. and uh, But there was a certain point where it became, hey, it's okay if you have a problem with what Chaz and I are talking about, but when did you like... Put your your flag in the sand and go. I'm never going to listen to this again. And you guys are wrong. You guys are bad for talking about this. But what
1: if JP's right? That's what I wonder. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I want and and like the thing is, it'll you'll never know. Uh, that's why, uh, like, not not only do I love you and uh, enjoy these conversations, that's why I keep doing it. Right? Like, because it's fun for me to do, and I hope that you have fun doing this too. It's fun for me to talk about this stuff, Um, J. You know the fact that JP doesn't love it or doesn't like it at all. Sorry, not only does he he, he might not even hear this because he's not going to listen after our last episode. He hates it, Uh, but he may be right. Like artistically, in my life though, you never, you never, ever, 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 ever know what you're creating, and you never know the value that it has. Uh, And the first kind of people who weigh in uh critically you don't know if they're right or wrong they may be right they may mm-hmm. be wrong but you got to do something for a while in order to to see if it actually has value i think that's I, where jp weighed in too quick with the, this is shit uh it may be shit he may be right he just he just weighed in too quick
0: and but there's also an element that you and i have talked about where it's like i love that he has conviction to me too call me no. out Call me out totally, and I think that for every bit of feedback I've received about the podcast over the years, even if I disagree with ninety nine percent of the sentiment, all helpful. There's one percent of it that I go, ooh, yeah. You know what? You're right, totally. And so, and I have a thick enough skin to where the ninety nine percent of negativity that I received out of that isn't really going to defer my direction. Like I believe in the quality of the content enough to where like. My heart's in the right place. I'll get to the end point, sure. even if I make missteps along sure. the way. So 99% doesn't bother me, but that 1% that did have you know, you applicability,
1: use. I'll use it. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, how, how many hours are we at right now?
0: <laughs> Five minutes after I last told you. Two minutes and 45 minutes. I mean, that's
1: Two amazing. hours and 45 that's minutes. That's amazing. Do you think anybody's going to listen to this yes. thing start yes. to finish? Yes. Uh, I
0: feel beyond a shadow of a doubt that people want longer content. They've asked for it.
1: Okay, so, the, we're, so we're really, at this point, straight up saying, be careful what you wish for. Yes. Entirely. Yeah.
0: Entirely. Do you feel like there was any um, slow parts in the discussion or conversation? Today? No, yeah. because I
1: enjoy talking to you. I didn't either. And so, but People want to be a fly on the wall. God bless you people. I mean, God, honestly, God bless all of the people who listen or read anything I write. I, I still,
0: we, you and I had a conversation about how long, what should we limit the length of the podcast? Yeah. I think two episodes ago we had that conversation. I had an email as recent as yesterday where somebody, I think it might have actually been Bruce from Austin, Texas, at the end of his email was like, oh, and by the way, keep the podcast long, long form better.
1: Well, and and that's what you've, like, I've been writing kind of short. for. I mean, Beach Grid is all about short, you know, take anything and just put it in the nut and send it out right away kind right. of thing for so long that it's fun for me to enter a new medium that I'm like not only unfamiliar with but yeah uncomfortable with. Yeah. And just be able to be able to see, okay, I'm gonna let the medium dictate the tone and the people will speak when they stop downloading. Right?
0: Yeah, let's let's check the download numbers at the end of this and okay. see what happens. But you didn't know that it had been two hours and forty five minutes, right? No, no. It feels like it's been an sure. hour. Yeah.
1: I enjoy sitting and talking and drinking.
0: Alright, so barrel or gnaw, we got three gnaws. Saying I love you is the first barrel.
1: Is the suit and that's a super barrel. That's like super that's not barrel. even that's not even a Kelly Slater, Wave Ranch, Jerry Lopez non barrel. That's a Jerry Lopez G land overhead tosser.
0: Quadruple. Yeah. Through
1: every section. Yep, all of the sections. All of the sections. Yeah.
0: Well, there's only one appropriate way, then, to end this conversation.
1: I love you, David. I guys. love you, too,
0: Chaz. <laughs> uh, for the listeners, though, until next week, or until two weeks from now, until next episode, get barrel. Yeah. <laughs> And we love you, too, the listener. I know we forgot to say it, but it's true. And, uh, man, wasn't that fun? <laughs> so much ground covered in that episode. And that's what I love about Chaz. Uh, of course, you can find all of his work on BeachGrit.com. Everything that we discussed in this episode is on SurfSplendorPodcast.com, where um, we have a huge archive of episodes at this point. As I referenced in the episode, this style of show with Chaz is only one of the styles of show that we produce, but um, we have interviews, long-form interviews with luminaries, surfboard shapers, all sorts of stuff. Check it out, surfsplendorpodcast.com. Drop a couple of nickels in the donation bucket if you don't mind. This show solely exists off of the generosity of our listeners, so thanks for that. And then rate and review the show on iTunes. That's another great way to share this show with friends and help ensure its growth And follow us on social media, at Surf Splendor. We will engage in conversation with you there. All right? Until next week, this is David Scales for Surf Splendor Network reminding you, get back into the ocean, share a couple of waves, and shred on.